compared to all the other problems we're having tonight. That's not too bad. Okay, only one of us is having problems. True, <laughs> true. <laughs> some of us aren't having issues. Some of, some of us, our issues are now like, do I should I go to the bathroom? When do I go to the bathroom? No, I'm definitely going How to the bathroom I figure before that out. we start. Yes. Yeah, it's like figuring that whole dynamic out. I don't have an alarm clock since Andy's not on this episode <laughs> to tell me when to go to the bathroom. <laughs> not to mention we're starting later than normal, too. So we're already. Oh yeah, my off. whole my whole biological clock's thrown in a while. That's whack. right. My body doesn't know what up and down is anymore. It's like it's is it is it time for cheese? <laughs> Do you often eat cheese around the podcast? Is that? <laughs> I don't. But, you know, like, trained. It's, it's, it's podcast time. Get my cheese. It's going. It's going into shock because <laughs> it doesn't know what to do. Like, this is two hours later than normal. What what what's up? I must have cheese after. <laughs> I'm going to eat some cheese out of this. <laughs> I got some cheese, I got some pepperoni, and I got some crackers. Are we talking like, you know, like little squares of cheese, like snack cheeses? Well, I have to cut it up. It's a block. Okay. I didn't know if you're just going to go, like, find some lunch meat cheese and, like, roll it up. <laughs> <You know. laughs> Is it, it's provolone! <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, oh, man. I just grabbed, like, some pepperoni, some cheese, make the sandwich in my mouth. Yeah. Start biting it on. I mean, don't act like you've never done that before. I know I've done that before. Hello and welcome to another episode of Bry Guy and his Super Friends. I'm your host, Brian Labick. Joining me for this episode is someone who will most likely have to change his pants every time someone says Elden Ring, Mike Bradley. Well, yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. Is that change number one? No. <laughs> no it, it, when you say tarnished one, maybe, but... Okay, you know, so we'll have, to, we'll have to have the right keywords queued up. Right. Right. Gotcha. Uh, and next up is someone who has probably been pissed off for a week, wondering why Scorn wasn't part of anyone's show, Ian Lydic. How the fuck are you going to give me a trailer last year that's a bunch of fucking phalluses and aliens and major H.R. Grieger vibes, and then tell me you showed some of it, but show none of it? I have written a strongly worded letter to one Mr. Phil Spencer to demand <laughs> more Scorn. <laughs> Maybe they have like a deep dive video somewhere that we just didn't know about that they hid. Oh, I've deep dived into a number of phallic objects, and let me tell you, I found no scorn. <laughs> and moving on from that discussion. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I want to see that game too. I, I'd, I'd like to know what's going on with that. But I think Looked like on cool. your list between Elden Ring and Scorn, I've, we know where you're going. Scorn. Well, yeah, <laughs> All those fleshy meat sounds. <laughs> Um, all right, so if you've listened to the show before, you'll know we usually do an episode around video game reveals and announcements from E3 every year, except that last year there wasn't an E3. So instead we got industry veteran Jeff Keighley put together an all-digital event called Summer Game Fest, which lasted the entire summer, not just a weekend. Uh, this year, E3 is back. It went all-digital, so it was a digital-only event. They showed some videos, had some conferences and stuff like that. Uh, Summer Game Fest also returned this year and will continue through the summer with a schedule of events culminating in Gamescom, 
on August 25th. So we still got more stuff to come. We're just talking about this first weekend. Games Fest kicked off and E3 was all the same weekend. So there's a lot of shit that happened this past weekend. Uh, so at the time of this recording, like I said, Summer Game Fest went through their opening. E3 has come and gone. Uh, there were some other smaller events and streams that I'm not quite sure what they're affiliated with or not, but they were planned around all the other events, so there's other stuff in there. Um, now, because there is so much stuff that has come out over the last week, there is in no way that we could cover all of it. We've tried that in the past. It becomes super boring just trying to laundry list all this stuff. Uh, so what we tried to do in the past is kind of just pick and choose what we're talking about. So what we're doing for this one is that each of us has just picked five games that caught our attention that we were going to talk about. So they could be from any event or stream, not just one of the, the big ones that seem to be more prevalent. Uh, so I'm sure Ian probably pulled some from ones that I've never heard of. So I'm waiting to hear for about the newest shit. strand game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, we've picked five games that stood out to us. We have not compared notes beforehand, so we don't really have an idea what we're going to talk about. So there's a good chance we might be repeating some. Um, I, I have tried to pick a little bit more than five just in case someone picks one that I have on my list that I can sort of sub in. Uh, so we'll see where we go. I'm going to try my best not to time everybody. Uh, but if it seems like we're going long, I will tell you ahead of time. I will start the timer. So we're going to see how this goes and see if we can play it honestly and see if we get through it in a timely manner. Uh, but we've picked our order. So we're going to go Mike with a game, me with a game, Ian with a game, and then we'll loop back to Mike. So Mike kicking us off. What would you like to start? Well, I think we know probably where you want to start, but go ahead. And kick yeah, us off I hope and... he says Halo. <laughs> you, you guys know where I'm going to start. I'm going to start back on June 9th of 2019. When we I got the we were gonna start first with Souls, so. bit of... It, no, I'm not going that far back. Not, <laughs> I mean, I could go back to like the the FromSoft Mech Warrior days and shit. A man like named that. Miyazaki but, was born in a prefecture <laughs> of Japan. <laughs> uh, but June 9th, 2019, we get the first ever trailer for Elden Ring, and 731 days passed. 731 days passed before any peep of any news about this game after that original trailer popped up so for the fans of from software games um the pinnacle best developer of games in the world today we were left with nothing for all that time for two years we're just withering away and saying like just tell us you're still working on it or something you know just just a thumbs up like it's still happening yeah like we're doing this but they tell us like we've got Hidetaka Miyazaki, and George R. R. Martin working on a game together. And so what you have here is George R. R. Martin tells one hell of a story but doesn't know how to end it. And Miyazaki tells a really decent story but tells the perfect ending every time. And you have this coming together with somebody who puts the best gameplay on the market into every game he puts out consistently. Last game they made, Game of the Year. Sekiro, game they made before that, Dark Souls 3, game of the year, so on and so you get the You get the pattern there. They have a pretty good track record lately. So we got a new trailer for Elden Ring, and um, holy shit, it's, it's six months away. And 
it's it looks fucking amazing. It looks like a true successor and next gen version of Dark Souls, where we're gonna have an open world by the looks of it, riding a horse for faster travel, presumably around said larger, more open world to explore. Um, there's a lot of cool lore bits in the trailer. We're going to be tarnished ones this time. Um, which is a change. We were ashen ones. We were the hollowed. We were, you know, it, it, me, the from software games always kind of give you a title like that where you're not a specific character. Sekiro is the one like deviation from that. Uh, where you're playing an actual named titled character that you didn't create. But we're getting back to character creation. Um, that's a really cool aspect to it because that means builds and different. You see there's magic being used, bows being used, all some of the, you know, fan favorite weapons in the trailer are seen. It, I mean, I can't explain how much uh, joy it gives me to know that shortly after Christmas, after the new year, January 21st, 2022, we're going to be playing this game. And I I don't know when I'm not going to be playing that game after that. Um, because it's, it's something like any of these games. You pick it up, and if you're into these games, I know neither of you play them very much. I know Ian has a little bit, and Brian, I don't think you have at all. Not Dark Souls. I did, I did Fallen Order, which is that style, but... It's not. that style, but it's not... It's not from soft, so it's no, not it's not yeah. going to be as crispy. Yeah. Call it a baby game. <laughs> it, it's it's doesn't honestly, matter. Kicked my ass. I don't care. Fallen Order was not a baby game. It was actually kind of tough. Like it had its difficult points. It just didn't feel as like crispy. Like you play Fallen Order and then you go and play Sekiro and you're like, wow, Fallen Order's mechanics are garbage by comparison. Like deflecting a sword in Sekiro feels like perfect. And it feels kind of wonky in Fallen Order a little bit. Like, the timing just doesn't work the way that you feel like it should. Um, But it's still fun. It's still Star Wars. You know, all that shit. But for those of us that play a lot of Dark Souls games um, and Bloodborne, all, all those things, part of the fun with a new adventure is taking it on the first time. It's going to be a very long playthrough because they're always very difficult the first time through. So, you know, you'll probably spend anywhere between 30 and 70 hours, typically, on your first playthrough of one of those games. Because they're difficult, and you got to figure out what's going on. After that, you want to go back in for that new game plus, but this time I want to use a bow. Or I want to use magic. Or I want to use a faster weapon, or a bigger weapon. Or there's just so many options, and every single one of them plays 100% unique. And that's what makes it special. Is the feel of it. And all the options for playing. So with this new Dark Fools game, are you concerned at all about the open world nature of it? Slightly. I mean, I want to see what they do. I trust them. I mean, if you look at their track record, it, it, you know, since Demon's Souls, they have not released a game that was anything but stellar. So I, I trust them. They made changes to that format when they did Bloodborne. And people were skeptical. And then Bloodborne is now considered maybe the best game they've ever made. And then they did Sekiro, which was a huge change. We no longer had control over our character, and you were going to have to deflect. There was no blocking. There was, 
you know, stealth added to it. And Sekiro goes out and wins game of the year and is some of the best combat you'll see in any video game ever. So I'm I'm interested, I, I guess would say, is a better term than concerned, to how they're going to handle it. Because I trust them not to fuck up. They're one of the only developers out there that I actually trust not to disappoint me. I, I can't yeah, say that fair. about any other. What'd you say, Brian? I said that's fair. I mean, you you find developers that you trust. It's, you know, same thing with like a director for a movie. If you like yeah. that director, if they've done good stuff that you like, you're obviously going to follow them with whatever they do. Edgar Wright. It's he's. I think he's a great example of like when's the last time Edgar Wright made a movie that disappointed you? Right. Like Scott it's, Pilgrim. Oh fuck you! Get off my show. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, th- so I, I guess w- with this, with Elden Ring, I'll play a little bit of the interviewer for you guys because everybody knows I'm going to play it. You know, it's got that whole, the only other thing I would point out is with an open world, it, it looks like it's going to have that whole, if you can see it, you're able to go there and touch it, mm-hmm. which is a big thing that they have always said. If you can see it on the horizon, you can get to it. And that's been true since Dark Souls 3. That they, That's when they started that whole idea. Um, so that, that, that's something I wanted to make note of, but what I wanted to do was ask you specifically you guys and see, you guys saw this trailer. Are you guys interested in this and dipping your toes in for the first time into a game like this? Does it make you interested to try out the other ones? So one of the things, it's not maybe directly related to the trailer, because I think a part of that was just showing off, hey, um, it, it's, it exists. We didn't just quit making games. <laughs> yeah. But So they bring in George R. R. Martin, who, from my understanding, provided maybe just like a bunch of background lore for them to pick and pull from to decide to he created coerce into a narrative. But like, you know, he gave a bunch of stuff, but he didn't write a story, you know? Um... That's my he, he did a large well he gave an interview right after this came out mm-hmm. and he was talking about like what his contribution was which okay. has been done for years according to mm-hmm. what he said like because they I would were hope building so, the game I have an issue with him well There's I'm just saying book I want to read <laughs> I'm just saying the he they've been building the game around the world he created for them mm-hmm. how much of the lore and the story I feel like a lot of the lore is going to be from him. And mm-hmm. a lot of the story is going to be built into that. But I, I mean, Miyazaki tells fucking amazing mm-hmm. stories on his own. So I don't know. I don't think we're going to get to know for mm-hmm. quite some time how, what the split is on that and how much, like once I see it, I'll know which elements come from which of them because they, they have very different styles you know, similar genres, but their styles are yeah. vastly different. Which I think um, also just plays into the Eastern versus Western natures of their work in some regards, and then also their right. normal medium delivery. You know, they're very different writing books and video game scripts. And we are talking about, you know, he, Miyazaki, I think, is well, very well regarded. He's maybe the second best Miyazaki that works in media. Well, I, yeah, I know there's that other one that does anime, but I don't know anything about him. I don't no. anime. He so I know you do, but I don't. So He has the great quote, anime was a mistake. 
<laughs> and I mean, so I, I just wonder recent... though, in the end, like anytime I've watched people play a Souls game, like specifically a FromSoft game, like I never, you know, watched maybe a whole playthrough front to back, but I've never once felt there was any real story happening that mattered in any shape or way, or you could consciously follow necessarily. Like, you know, you're a thing trying to destroy something, but I never felt like there was a cohesive narrative. Like I would get from like a mass effect or like um, a COD storyline. Even it never felt like I, I knew. So why we're specifically here? Like, yeah, we're in blight town and we're going to kill this three headed <laughs> monkey demon, but I don't know why the three headed monkey demon is there. Okay. For, for the original dark souls, dark souls two, um, and, to a lesser extent, Dark Souls 3 and Bloodborne, they wanted you to explore it on your own and experience it through actions that happen in the progress of playing it. Um, so you have to read the descriptions on weapons. You have to read the descriptions on items, so on and so forth, to get the full story. With Sekiro, they kind of changed direction with that. And mm -hmm. they told a cohesive story there with cutscenes, okay. with dialogue... You know, there was pages and pages and pages of dialogue that you had with characters in that. Um, and your decisions mattered because there was four mm -hmm. different endings to the game. And so the things that you did along the way, you know, took you to those different endings. But that's normal for a FromSoft game. There's usually different endings. But in this case, it was a lot of the dialogue options mm -hmm. could send you in different directions. Um, but for the most part, they want you to experience the story as opposed to watching it in a cutscene. They okay. want you to go and hunt stuff down because you want to experience it. If you, you just want to that, play and beat the game, you can. Do you think that with Sekiro being the last game that they would continue along the more narrative driven path that had, or do you think they'll go back to more of a experience? I think with George R. R. Martin involved, I would expect more of that to be utilized. I don't think they're going to waste his whatever they paid him to be involved mm -hmm. on dialogue or on like descriptions of weapons. Okay. Yeah, I just I wouldn't think that they would. I, I would think that they no. would want to put his involvement at the forefront in some way, shape, or form. But I I mean time will tell because it's it's hard to say because Sekiro was a little bit of a diversion for them, giving you a specific character to play as. Okay. And this is going back to the tarnished one where you're not a, you're you know you're, you're your not mr creation. sexy row right mr <laughs> yes so then i guess one other thing well like, i guess before we move on so i noticed some people pointing out they saw a lot of celtic imagery in the trailer do any of I the souls that. games oh, but go ahead but do any of the Soul games focus like i think sekiro did but like focus on a specific type of like not lore but like oh this is a lot of like um Japanese imagery or something, or a lot of like Chinese well, religious imagery. Do any of the games do that already? Um, Bloodborne, it, it, whether you know it or not, is very Lovecraftian mm -hmm. in its whole deal. So it has a very um, like werewolves and vampires start that takes that Lovecraftian turn about halfway through the story. Um, so there's that. Um, in terms of do they have a, you know, direct influence, I guess, toward the story? Yes. 
you know, Miyazaki was driven, at least with the first Dark Souls, there is a uh, manga, I believe is what it is. I've never read it, but I think it's called Hellblade. Okay. Something like that. Mm-hmm. That he drew most of the inspiration for that story from. Okay. Um, Dark Souls 2, he had no input on. He was making Bloodborne while they made Dark Souls 2. So its story is kind of the one that's, like, not as good. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, he wasn't, like, he directed the game, but he he had very little input because he was making Bloodborne. Okay. And then Dark Souls 3 um, really just kind of uses that same influence. Mm-hmm. Um, because if like Dark Souls one and three stories are very connected, mm-hmm. uh, the characters, the bosses, all of them have a lot of similarities and connections to one another. Dark Souls two doesn't have a whole lot of connection to either of the other two uh, because okay. he wasn't there doing it. Um, and Demon Souls, I've played minimal bits of because uh, mm-hmm. I don't have a PlayStation five yet. And I had already gotten rid of my PlayStation 3 when I got into the Souls games. Gotcha. So I've played it a little bit, um, but not much. Okay. And then to answer your original question, I'm interested <laughs> in the game. I think for me personally, I, I either want to go back and start at Dark Souls 1, but I think more I've been thinking about starting off with something like a Code Vein that's more that's more Souls-like than I think some other stuff I've played, like a Dragon's Dogma, to try and get into that mindset more before jumping back into a Dark Souls, a FromSoft proper game, I think. But Elden Ring, it's, you know, it's a very impressive-looking trailer, and I really like, you know, the, every boss design I've ever seen from them looks really cool. I think they're very cool, and a lot of the boss fights have a lot of very unique boss fighty things that I don't see as much in, you know, the RPGs and shooters I play more where they're not like, there's less uh, variety in those, I would say with bosses and they have a lot of that. And it's always been very cool, but originally it was, I didn't have a PlayStation at the time to play them. So I didn't play them, but now they're all coming on PC and they work on PC, which is another issue. I think with like the original dark souls, PC release. So it's something I definitely think I'm going to original. Yeah. But they fixed that. Yeah. Modders so I think fix it's that for them actually. <laughs> so I think it's something where I'll jump in with maybe like a code vein and then maybe try and get just into some from soft. But I can see myself just jumping to Elden Ring because it's the new one when it comes out. The only thing I would say about Code Vein is for somebody who's not seasoned in the genre, mm-hmm. it is more punishing than any of the Dark Souls games. Oh, that's fun. Uh, well, so it's in, anime in though, terms I'll of difficulty. It's it's right near the top of any okay. of the types. It's like quality. It's also right near the top, but the end game difficulty on that is a pretty extreme step. So if you survive awesome. that one, Ian, you're good for all the other ones. Yeah, then those yeah, are absolutely. Baby games. Those I are I, I just don't know games. if I'd recommend that as your first experience with a Souls like game. Roger, Brian, what's your opinion on it? Are you, any interest? Uh, the short answer, no. <laughs> Long answer. <laughs> I- no, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I we know from I'm, I mean, if anybody's listened to the show before when we talked about video game stuff, that's just not my style. The only reason I played Fallen Order that style was because it's Star Wars. Um, Fair. The only one that from Soft that uh, interests me is Sekira. Like I'd like mm-hmm. to try that one, um, but I never picked it up for PS4. If I eventually get my hands on a PS5, they are doing a PS5 version, I think. Right. 
I'll give you my Xbox copy so you can play it. Oh, they have it on Xbox too. I for some I thought it was in. No, the, the only PlayStation exclusives oh, you know are Demon Souls and Bloodborne. Else. No, no, no. I'm thinking of uh, Shishima, the the. Oh, Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking yeah. of. So then, so no, no, no. I I don't think I'm going to play any of them. Well, Sekiro is <laughs> way better than that. Yeah, it's just it's just that style. I I get too frustrated with that style of gameplay that I I give up before finishing. Fair enough. That's what it's all about jolly you cooperation. You can you know that, that's a thing. They have co- cooperative gameplay. You can just call me in to beat the boss that you can't get past. And then well, you I can feel like that kind of defeats the purpose of trying the game though. But you can watch the non-existent cutscenes then. <laughs> no, there is cutscenes. Dark Souls okay. Two actually has a cutscene for every single boss. Oh. When you enter a boss room, you get a little an intro cutscene. Dark Souls 1 has it for some of them. Not all. Yeah, I just think that, uh, you know, there's there's certain games for certain people, and those games are just not for me. I will probably play Fallen Order 2, because that's probably going to happen, because the first one did well enough that I'm sure it's getting a sequel. Yeah. Um, so I will I will slog through that, even though, again, that style frustrates me, and I'll have to put it down and walk away and come back to it sometime later at certain points, but... It's Star Wars, so I have to play it. That's fair. I mean, what got me into it was when somebody kind of explained it to me as like an action RPG Dungeons and Dragons, where you just kind of choose your own path the whole way, and whatever the hell you want to level up in, you level up in, and if you can wield the weapon, you can use it. And I was like, well, that sounds fun. Yeah, I think it's more like if I'm looking for an RPG, that's not my first thought. The the I get the combat part of it and like you know the RPG elements of like leveling up and and customizing your character and stuff like that. But like, I mean, Ian made the Mass Effect comparison earlier. If I'm looking for an RPG in my mind, that's where I'm going is Mass Effect. That's fair. So yeah, that's kind of kind of where I'm at. All right. I mean, well, there's not a whole lot else to say. Um, thanks FromSoft for uh, <laughs> you know. Letting us see a trailer finally. He's more appreciative of the trailer than Keeley was for getting it as an exclusive. <laughs> Keeley getting it as an exclusive, like he was fucking with everybody during the entire summer game fest. Mm-hmm. Like, it, like I think even Ryan Reynolds was like, "Oh, I'm here to announce Elden Ring." Ah, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, "Fucker!" Like I like you, but that was shitty. Yeah. Well, it made no sense. Like, why would he be there to do it anyways? But it was still like, come on, that, man, stop. It'd be funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Is that all you got for that one? Should we cap it off there? Yeah. There's not really much else to say. Okay. Do you think it's $70? I feel like uh, most games I mean, I'm going to be buying I don't whatever know most are. collectible edition with all the most physical swag there is. That I'll definitely exists, buy that so. if it comes with um, Winds of Winter. whatever whatever that top end edition of it is is what i'll be buying so the one with the four-headed monkey statue (laughs) yeah yeah the four-headed monkey statue and whatever the hell else comes with it yeah i'm I'm 100 percent there for this one it's just a blu-ray of the trailer (laughs) a whole blu-ray just one trailer on it (laughs) i'm in i'm in comes with a sticker of keely's face having watched the trailer <laughs> I did like that. that Just was a his sticker, profile though. picture. Yeah. Um, all right, so I guess that's my turn. So I I imagine that I feel like the little bit that Mike and I were sort of talking back and forth. I think this might make Mike's list, so I'm going to take it from him. 
Uh, oh, I'm sure that'll happen a couple times. Yeah, we'll see. Where we go. Uh, for me, Battlefield is one of my favorite first-person shooter franchises to that's out there that has existed. I I play a lot of Call of Duty, but Battlefield is much more what I prefer. It's much more my speed. It is less twitchy. It is less frustrating. It's much more fun to me. Um, I haven't. I've I've enjoyed the last couple. Like Battlefield One has been decent. Battlefield Five was good. I liked those games. I don't feel like I put in as much time into them as I have like three and four. And I don't know if it's just the setting change. Uh, so this one is going to 2042, so it's near future. So it's much more of a modern setting. A little bit of futuristic tech and stuff with it. Uh, I fucking love these games. I the, the trailers that they showed got me so hyped. I am so excited. This is coming out October 22nd. Um, the Some of the info they released, it's going to be 128 players on Xbox Series X and S, PS5, and PC. Uh, if you're on the older generation of consoles, Xbox One and PS4, you only get capped at 64, which is what they are now. Um, there seems to be some crazy fucking weather effects that seem to change the maps that are... Quick you question know, before you go further. Yeah. Um, with the number of players and all that, did they announce anything about crossplay? No. I haven't seen anything about crossplay. I don't even know how the cross-generational stuff will they, work. Yeah, they didn't talk about cross-gen or crossplay. I'm assuming okay. cross-gen's just not going to work. I, yeah, yeah. That, that, I would assume that's not going to work. Well, it might go one play. way. Like, if you're on Maybe. Series X or something, you might be able to join lobbies of 64 players, but obviously older generation of consoles can't jump into lobbies with 128, so right. it might be something like that. Um, okay. Battlefield, I, to my knowledge, I don't think any of the other Battlefields have done cross-play before, so they this would not. be the first one to do it if they decide to do that. But they, I, again, I haven't heard one way or the other that they're going only... to do that. One EA game, I believe, currently that has crossplay, which is Apex Legends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'd I'd love it they have. for them to get crossplay. I think if you have lobbies that need 128 people, I think crossplay is the way to go, just to help matchmaking for this kind of yeah. stuff. Um, but the if you've never played Battlefield before, the maps for the for the battles are humongous. Uh, so they're probably going to be that much bigger with 128 people. They're doubling their player size than what they've had before. Um, they've talked about how the bread and butter for Battlefield is their conquest mode, which is basically capturing flags and holding those areas and securing them to get points for your team. Um, the maps are so big that you might have two flags for an area. So there might be like an A1 and an A2 to capture the A point. Uh, so they're trying to spread people out enough for that. Um, a lot more vehicles flying around, which may be good or bad, depending on how you feel about vehicles. I'm, I, like, I'm really curious, looking at these trailers, what role the infantry will play, because just getting around the map almost feels like you need a vehicle. Being able to survive fights with vehicles, you almost need another vehicle. So, And they talked about how there's some sort of way to call in a vehicle. Like You see it a little bit in the trailers where they airdrop, airdrop a tank or something for someone to use. So is it just going to be vehicles spawning all over the place? Like, they have to have some kind of cap on that. So I don't know what it's that's going to be, be like. massive cooldown. Didn't you would think. Have, like, one of the games have that mode where someone, like, I think on their phone or something could be, like, the commander? That was in Battlefield 4. Mm. Yes. They had a, the whole tablet functionality, which I don't know if the tablet part of it still works, but if you play Battlefield 4, you can enter the match as the commander, mm -hmm. which just gives you the overview of the map. You're basically pointing at squads and saying attack A, attack B, and if whatever you control gives you other, like you can call in UAVs based on what points you control and stuff like that, which I think is really cool, and they haven't done it since then. 
I'd like to see them do something like that again, just to give someone else an option to play that style if they want to. Um, and be totally ignored. If if you do it well and people actually listen to you, I think it actually works very well. But to, yeah, to your point, people are doing it, but no one ever follows orders from your squad, let alone a commander that is overseeing everybody. So what the hell's the difference? Um, one thing the battlefield typically does is that they have set classes. So you have a medic, an engineer, uh, recon, which is your sniper, and then like support for ammo and anti-vehicle type of stuff. Uh, the classes that they're doing in this game are much more customizable. So it seems like any class you choose, you can pick any type of weapon, which typically LMGs are your support class, you know, uh, SMGs and assault rifles are medic and uh, assault classes. Snipers go to your recon. So it seems like you can pick any type of weapon based on any type of class. So that, I don't know if I like it being that free. Like I like having customizable options, but I liked the set specific classes and being able a little bit more restrictive that way. So I don't know how that's going to go. Um, they talked about specialists that are different characters that you can use that have different abilities. So somebody had like, like you see in the trailer that somebody had a grapple hook that you can use. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was looking what at those other... thinking like Battlefront, like when you get like a Jedi or a Sith to yeah. hop into battle with for a short time until you die once and then you're back to normal. And what I don't know is if they're, if like you build up a point, like like in Battlefront, if you would build up points to be able to call your specialist in, or if you're just picking that class from the start and then building around that, that I don't know. I mean, that could be how the vehicles work too, is on the Battlefront system, where you earn points and then you call in. And that see, that would give it that much of a cap and restriction where you can't just spam the vehicles all over the place. So that would work for me. Yeah. I'd be fine with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, anything, I think the game looks amazing. Um, they they had a few maps in Battlefield 4 that changed based on the weather. Like, it was just a scripted timed event. Halfway through the match, the weather kicks in and shit happens. Um, and this one with tornadoes and sandstorms and all their shit that looks like, you know, drastic map changes, which I love. Um, I, you know, I'm curious how, how bad the destructibility, while well, bad isn't good, how bad the destructibility is, if you could just bring down how buildings thorough. to your will. What's that? How thorough. Yes, that's a better word. Um, You know, because they hype up the destructibility of their environments and their maps, but it seems like it's usually restricted to certain buildings and certain areas, so I'm curious how much that freedom they give you for that. Uh, But anyway, I've, I could, just like Elden Ring for Mike, I could rave about Battlefield forever, so I'm going to call it. So what do you guys, if either of you are into Battlefield, what do you think? One concern I had was they mentioned the maps evolving over the games, like the one with the locket rocket launch and yeah. the other one with the tornado. I could just see that getting annoying happening every game almost, like where people just start, okay, we just avoid that area of the map yeah. like for the game because I'm not, why am I dealing, who wants to deal with a tornado? True. Yeah. I mean, they're probably going to force It needs to be randomly there. hitting different parts of the map. Yeah, like I feel the like tornado I... one, you can work with like the space launch, I feel like will have to be static, but I guess there's a chance it's not. Well, I think, you know... The space launch, I don't think. But. Even even where the, the where the rocket is, probably what they're doing is they're going to put a control point right there. So yeah. if you want to control that point, you have to play around that area. Mm-hmm. I would hope that t- the tornado, just from a gameplay perspective, does not hit the same area at the same time every time you play the map. I'm hoping it's dynamic enough that it's a little bit more random than that and yeah. is less predictable. That would be cool. I mean, there's even a mod of Minecraft right now that can randomly generate tornadoes on maps. So I'm really hoping that Battlefield can manage it. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, they have that SimCity tech, so let's hope. 
<laughs> yeah, like it's I mean, it's out there. And you mentioned with the specialist, I think I'd like the if, if it is going to be like that, where it's just any type of like assault can use any weapon, medic can use any weapon, just because it maybe encourages people to play the support classes more if they can use any weapon they want. That's true. That's true. Like, I, I'd like it from that perspective where, you know, I'm sure there would be some type of point system or something where, okay, the you know, the medic bags worth something so you can use that weapon, but only have certain attack, you know, some type of balancing with it. So everyone's not running the same because you kind of would get into games where, okay, everyone's assault or recon. Oh, yeah. That's typically how it is now. Yeah. So I think I would like, you know, if it's more open where, okay, well, people are going to play the medic because they can at least use a gun they want or like, okay, they got the RPG because they're the support and they can also fix vehicles, but they can use an assault rifle or something, you know, right. not using the slow ass LMG. And they're like, I'm not getting fucking anywhere because I can't get in a fucking vehicle. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm too slow. So I, I think that could help the game a lot. Like just owning, like opening up that accessibility. Yeah. yeah. Mike, go ahead. Um, Anything? I, I think it looks great. I can't wait for it. I'm going to be playing the hell out of it. Um, I hope they tell us something about crossplay. Mm-hmm. Um, because like you said, 128 player lobbies is a lot to fill. Yeah. And the PC population will certainly be smaller after a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it'll be, you know, it doesn't get as many total players. So I want to be able to play with you. I want to be able to play with Ian. I want to be able to play with anybody who wants to play. Yeah. And I don't want my decision on where to get it made based solely on which one I think lobbies will continue to fill for the longest. Right. I don't want to have to do that. Because I want to play it on my PC. You know, I invested mm-hmm. in the PC. I put it together. I've got this really great machine. It's what I want to play it on. And yeah. I want to be able to play it with whoever I want. And I think, I'm hoping going forward that more companies are just getting on board with that. But that's my biggest concern right now. And especially with this being a multiplayer-only game, it would be surprised if they didn't put cross-play in it. Yeah. And everyone yeah. would blame Sony if they don't. <laughs> <laughs> um. But but the other end for me, the thing I seen like I like Ian said, when you're gonna have classes picking up multiple different kinds of weapons. Um, I also saw that there is um a system where you're actually gonna be able to carry multiple weapons this time, um, not just a rifle and a pistol. You know, I mean, you're gonna be able to say they showed like you're able to hop in and swap your attachments. Oh yeah, yeah. For like long range to short range, yeah. or you know things like that, so that you can have two different setups ready to go. I don't know if that's multiple weapons or not, though. I don't know if you're able to just swap to the weapon, or you're, you're going to have to just swap attachments on the current weapon. I was under the impression range. it was whatever weapon you're carrying. You, if you can find a place to hide enough, you can swap out attachments, scopes, and handles, and uh, okay. barrels and stuff like that, if you want. Um, but I I love that aspect of it. It gives you the option to have a setup that lets you play at close or far range. Yeah. And that, that to me, on a big-ass map like that is a really good thing because you don't know where the next engagement's going to you know, come from necessarily. And being stuck to one type of weapon, I, I never like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Having just a, a, you know, like if you go in as a sniper and you're just stuck with a sniper rifle, close-range engagements, you're pretty much screwed. Yeah. If somebody, you know, comes up on you, you're dead. You lost. I like the ability to make a play. You know what I mean? And have a chance to engage at multiple ranges, I guess. Yeah. Um I'm 
amped for 64v64. I can't wait to see what that's like. Um, That sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. I think I, I made the comment to Ian at some point, who then put me in my place shortly after, but I was like, man, 128 people in these lobbies. I've never played multiplayer with this many people before. And he goes, you play Warzone all the time. There's 150 people in those maps. I was like, God damn it. True. <laughs> I, I guess I mean it, like that many people on a map is is something we've seen, but not with not in a, not in a game that lasts that long, right? Too. Like and, where you respectively have that many people the full match, right? Right, and not for a respawner. You know what I mean? Yeah. That like it's it, it's something where like any game that does that now, you you're dead, you're out. Yeah, yeah, like that large. You're talking about like some MMO PVPs and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's I'm very excited uh, to see what that's like because they like Battlefield already kind of felt like full scale war when you got into some of those maps. It felt you know I mean like you were on an actual battlefield, and that's with sixty four players, right? And that's with half. Yeah, we're gonna double that now, and I think a lot of it's gonna be in verticality that you didn't get mm-hmm. in a lot of Battlefield maps yeah. before. That um, you know I think that's gonna add a lot of depth to the combat that, you know, like if you look at battlefield one and battlefield five, there was not verticality on any of those maps. Like there was like a second floor on this building and that was about it. Yeah. You know, you didn't get much more than that. So yeah, I'm definitely excited. I'm that, you know, I battlefield's one where like, I don't give a shit about the story. So, well, like Ian said, there is no single player for this. This is multiplayer only. Yeah. I, I I could care less. Yeah, so no. when they, when they said that, I was like, whatever. When COD does it, like COD has characters that I've invested in over years and years. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. Woods and Price and Soap and it, like it. it there, there's actual like characters I'd like to follow with the COD games. Yeah. So when they announced that for Black Ops Four, it was like, well, I'm not playing that. Yeah. I, I mean, I never enjoyed Black Ops multiplayer as much as like Modern Warfare and such. And, but the stories in Black Ops were always way better. So it when they did that, I was like, "Well, I'm out. I'm not. I'm not doing that." Yeah. But in this case, I'm like, I, I mean, I, I think I only played the Battlefield stories before because they were really short. But it, that if they weren't short, I wouldn't have played them. They were like three hour story campaigns. Yeah, I, don't <laughs> I, don't I think the last two long. were. So were the like, Bat yeah. Company ones longer? I think they were. I think yes. they were more story yeah, they driven were, than other ones i mean the one i remember the one for battlefield one battlefield one story or campaign mode jumped around between different eras and different characters and stuff like that which i actually enjoyed i like that one a lot i think they did something similar for battlefield five but i actually have not touched the campaign for battlefield five i went straight into multiplayer and never looked back yeah that's what i've done since modern warfare 2 i didn't play battle i didn't play hardline hardline was decent like i I actually kind of like the story for hardline's hardline story Oh, you played not just the story. You played the game. I heard people didn't like touch the game because they no. thought it looked like shit. It was coming right after Battlefield three or four or something like that, and I was like, "Cops and robbers, sure, everybody plays cops and robbers when they're kids. This is gonna be awesome." I didn't think it was terrible. I I still mm-hmm. liked it. I don't think it was as good as the other Battlefield games, but I thought it was fine. But again, that's maybe just my bias because I like that franchise so much that I'll I'll play it. <laughs> that that's fair. It's a quality franchise and I'm like I'm looking forward to getting back into just multiplayer having a game that's really focused on just its multiplayer and I'm really glad they didn't announce it was going to be like a battle royale or some shit yeah 
They, yeah, they have been right. asked about that. They haven't said we're not doing it. It's just kind of like we'll talk. We we're not talking about it at this time. Yeah, and I hope they like if they get into it, fine, whatever. But support this more. It, it, we, like I just want a multiplayer game. Yeah, you know, I mean, battle royales are fun and all and have their place, but I'd rather this just do what it does best, which is large scale battles. Yes. Yeah. Um. I know we're going to get more information at the EA Play event, which is July 22nd, so there will be more stuff coming out than probably some sort of, I would assume, some sort of deep dive thing, since this is just like two trailers they put out, and that's about it. They haven't said mm-hmm. too much about the game yet, so this will be their chance to talk about it and hype it up. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, Ian, on to your first prick. Speaking of Battle Royale, so we have Naraka, Blade Point, from 24 Entertainment, and 8... 1221 release date. So that's coming out in just under two months. Being published by the first game published by NetEase's Montreal branch. We have a martial arts battle royale game. So that's the one big first difference is it's not shooty shooty guns. There is ranged <laughs> weapons, but it is martial arts. So the other thing it's doing, it's taking a little note from Apex. There's seven different characters and they each have their own set of abilities. So it's not just, hey, you all go in with the same stuff. It's like, okay, each character you pick has their own abilities. There's like a healer. There's one that teleports away and has like an invisibility thing. There's more damaging ones. So then not only that, so on the map, you have your typical battle royale stuff. You find armor, weapons, healing items, stuff to repair the equipment you're using. But you can also find these things called soul jades. And the soul jades give you different level ups to your stats so you can get one that's like oh you do three percent more melee damage but you can also find some that modify your weapons so you could find one that now your bow and arrows now they're flame tipped you can find ones that make deflecting because you can deflect bullets with your gun and you find ones that like make that easier or if you um they have parrying you have one that if you parry you regain health and another cool thing with the parry system so on it's only on PC right now. They have said if it's successful, it would come to consoles later on. But your left click is like a vertical attack, and your right click is a horizontal attack. And then those can also be charged up by holding it in, and then like you unleash a combo. So you can parry those charge attacks, and if you successfully parry someone, they drop that weapon. They no longer have it. Not only don't have it equipped, it's now on the ground. You could just pick it up if you have open room in your inventory and steal that weapon from them. Okay. Which I think is a cool dynamic. They also have um, grappling hooks, like we've already mentioned tonight. (laughs) So you don't get unlimited grapples. You have to pick up grappling spools that take up inventory space and use them to jump not only vertically on the map, you can target the enemy and jump towards them and, like, unleash an attack as you're coming at them. And it also, Mm -hmm. for a moment, like, stuns them so they can't just run away while you're doing it. Now, one of the other really neat things with this, I don't think any... Battle Royale game is done. You can edit the face, like the face of the character. You can like, there's like brow management, makeup on. You can like, make the lips fucked up. A <laughs> bunch of people have made Shrek. There's a <laughs> lot of Shrek. Oh, is that where that came from? Yeah. Okay. So the other, um, let's see, the other big thing is, is that. Okay, guys, this, this is going to be tough for me to say. There is um some performance issues right now, but it is a beta. 
I'm playing <laughs> on a 3080 with 9900K processor, 32 gigabyte RAM. We're all overclocked. I am playing on 1440p high settings with DLSS set to auto. And while mostly at 100 FPS, there are parts where it gets down into the 50s and it's very noticeable. And part of that can also be based on your connection to the other player. Where, like, if the other player has, like, a poor internet connection, like, it will actually start to lag around you. And you can tell because if you move the camera so you don't see that player anymore, your frames go up. <laughs> so that's something they're going to have to work on. There's already been one patch that's come out since this newest beta. And my one big concern with this game, which has been probably the most vocal complaint, it still seems like a minority of players, but the most vocal is that it is not going to be free to play when it launches. It will have a $20 buy-in to get the game. A lot of people okay. are worried because basically PUBG got away with it as a battle royale because there were battle royales. Yeah. And I can't think of a successful battle royale that's come since that's charged for the game. So some people are saying it's a good anti-cheat measurement because there's that buy-in. Right. So you got to spend the 20 bucks to cheat again. So we'll see. That That's my concern, too, is what's this player base going to be like? Right now, it's the fifth most played game on Steam since it's, this newest beta started on the 16th. 150,000 concurrent players. I think it broke 170 today. Like, there's people playing it, but how many of those are converted into purchases yeah. come August 12th? That's a concern. But like I said, it's been a lot of fun. The combat flows more smoothly than you would think i think that's um the hard part with these melee battle royale games it's not the first it's hard to get that to flow when it's not an npc because the other player could just do whatever there's no predefined pattern for them to do so it you can have fights sometimes where you're just neither of you are connecting because you're both like rolling out trying to do the thing but it's still fun in it i hate dying in this game like not because <laughs> Because I'm upset because, like, it's very, like, that guy is much better than me, you know? It's not like, oh, fuck bullshit, that guy's wearing a rose skin and was crouched down in the corner and I didn't even see his fucking ass. It's, that guy just outskilled the shit out of me. <laughs> and it, it's frustrating in that sense, but it's been real quick to get in, in and out of games. Um, they are going to plan on doing a battle pass as well. There's already skins in the game. I think it's a lot of fun. Right now, there's only trios and solos, and there's also kind of a not a battle royale mode, but a mode where like, I, I forget how many lives you get, but it's the well, winners, whoever has the most kills at the end. It's not a traditional battle royale in that sense. And those are the modes right now. I haven't seen them talk about um adding duos or quads or anything. So 60 players, trios or solos, the maps may be comparable size to the apex map, but it's a little slower moving. So it's probably a little smaller, but like I said, it's a lot more verticality in it because of the grappling hook. Yeah. Interesting. So when somebody's when you kill somebody, are they eliminated or do they respawn? So in solos, they're just done. They're gone. Okay. In trios, uh, they can be brought back to life. There's one character, I believe, that has the ability to revive. But otherwise, you go to the, I forget the, their word for it, but the ghost realm. And you have to run yourself back to a shrine and get respawned. And you get one of those per game. But only before the first circle closes. Okay. I was just saying because you said the most kills wins, so that's why I was. That's like, a that's a, one know, of the other modes, and that mode you just get respawns. Like you just get oh respawned. okay, so but there is a traditional like battle yeah. royale in the traditional battle standing. royale, yeah, just last man okay. standing, and that's the one where one respawn in trios until the first circle ends. In solos, no respawn. You dead. You dead. You dead, and you get. And I hate this. They just they just put you right into watching the dude that just trash trash take all your equipment. <laughs> 
Yeah. It's the worst. And then they probably emote at you. Oh yeah. I mean that's that's the standard, isn't it? And then uh, this has been a concern because it is a Chinese developer. Unfortunately, a lot of games with a high Chinese player count of a lot of cheaters because it's more accepted in their culture to cheat in video games. So PUBG has struggled with that mightily over the years. So the one thing I did notice is there are five different servers. You got your NA, a South America server, a Chinese server, and then a Europe server. And I'm probably missing one, maybe Oceania in general. So I don't know if the Chinese players are forced onto the Chinese server or not, how that's necessarily working yet. I haven't run into any cheaters yet. And I've been playing for, I've played about eight hours at the time of this recording. I have heard some reports of cheating, but nothing is nearly as widespread as I've heard of Warzone cheating. Gotcha. So okay. see how that goes. Yeah. I don't know if that's one that I would typically try or play, but I mean, it sounds interesting. I think it's one that's like would be fun for people to try out just because it's so it's a lot different than I think any battle royale in the market. Yeah. Right now. And it's kind of like um, some people have called it MOBA esque. I don't think it's really a MOBA game because it's a little more involved with the basic attacks than a traditional MOBA is from my understanding. I've only played Smite because um, League of Legends scares me. <laughs> so I, I'm not sure I'm the best person to comment on its mobility, but it is a Chinese dev, so there's a chance that they'll make it into a MOBA at some point <laughs> as a game mode. But we'll see. Uh, so it's a third person perspective, then. Yes, locked okay. third person. Not locked. You can like move the camera, but you can't switch to first person. I don't know why. Way. I just assumed it was FPS. No, oh, yeah, it's not. Okay, which for me makes way more sense than like an Apex or a cod to buy the skins for because you can see it the whole time right right yeah yeah and they've been very generous with the currency for the beta players it's carrying over to the full game if you purchase it but day one they had issues with the servers so they gave you like a shit ton of this currency <laughs> like enough to buy like a, a legendary skin you know i don't they don't have the eShop implemented you can only get the premium currency by pre-ordering right now yeah so i don't know what the cost ratio of what they gave me is so we'll find out but it's been fun <laughs> there's a couple like abilities things you can level up that like you start in the game they're not like massive but it's like oh i now gain my energy back one percent quicker and like that has a whole system that seems like it could be cool yeah. i don't know if it'll be enough to turn the tide of fights yet but maybe at max level it will be right because it's a part of your whole like character level up experience but it's it's been a lot of fun, and I have edited some characters, and that's been fun. I haven't made Shrek, <laughs> but you know, I, I've made some characters. I'm like, ah, that that person fucks around and kills people, <laughs> as they should. Uh, I don't know, Mike. You got anything to add? I don't know if I have anything else to add for this one. I really don't know anything about it except what he's told me. Fair Is this I'm probably list? gonna try it. You know, I would try. Like I said, you can download it right now on Steam until the 22nd. And that's when it ends, and then I don't believe they're planning on doing another beta. It's just going to be August 12th, 20 bucks. Pay it or okay. don't. Yeah, I mean, next couple of days, I could see definitely hopping in there and giving it a shot. I think, okay. yeah, it's one to just try it, just because, like I said. Free I don't, try, why not? Yeah, I don't think it's something everyone's done that much of before. Um, all right, Mike, we'll loop back around to you. So, second game. Uh, so, yeah, Battlefield was my second game, so I'll go to my third, uh, which is... Uh, Zenimax and Bethesda bringing us Starfield, which is really just a brief look at Starfield that we got. Starfield's been something that's been talked about for fuck longer than Cyberpunk, 
Um, it, it, it's been there for so damn long, and it looks like we're getting November 11th, 2022, which <laughs> puts it... So it's going to get delayed. It's going to be a 2023 about 18, game. It, it puts it about 18 months out, which... To be fair, like they're putting it out far enough, and they've been working on it long enough that I feel like they could hit that. Like I think they're putting it out that far, anticipating if they tried to announce sooner, they would push it back. At this point, any any release date that comes out longer than a year from where it currently is, like if if anybody goes farther out than a year or or more from today that they're going to release a right. game, I'm going to assume it's getting delayed. I mean, this is seven years after Fallout Four. It's the 11-year anniversary of Skyrim. Like, they picked that date for a very specific reason, because it's the 11th anniversary of Skyrim, and it's the whole marketing thing where 11 plus 11 is 22. Just like Skyrim's release was 11-11-11. Yeah. I I think they're going for a thing. It's coming out. If it works, it doesn't work, it's coming out. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I I tend to agree there. My one major concern, I've heard this brought up, people are wondering, so the Bethesda game, specifically these big RPGs are known for their jank. Was the only thing keeping this jank in check Earth physics? What's going to happen now with space physics? What the <laughs> fuck kind of weird <laughs> shit is going to go wrong in Starfield? <laughs> well, I mean, that, that's the type of stuff I'm really looking forward to. You know, mm-hmm. are we going to be able to go to different planets and have different levels of gravity? Is that going to mm-hmm. be a thing? And is that going to fuck with, like, like you're saying, the jankiness? <laughs> like just um, the bullets don't travel because of the gravity? <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, you know, is it like, what the fuck was it? The one episode of Rick and Morty where you could shoot somebody because you just all the way around the globe because it was such a small planet. It mm-hmm. just traveled on the curve. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I'm. I, it looks to be an amazing game so far. There's not a whole lot there to see. I don't think we saw, but maybe like a brief glimpse of gameplay as opposed to. I think there was any gameplay. It was in engine. They they gave you, yeah, like they gave you in engine, and I feel like you got like a brief over the shoulder look of a gun. They gave you something that it probably wasn't gameplay, but it was a gameplay perspective. Yes. Yeah, gameplay perspective on what you would see. Because I doubt Um, any of that's playable right now. Just with how their games are. I, I. Sometimes I don't think their games are playable to, like, it goes almost gold, which is usually <laughs> a month before release. And that's not, like, a jank argument. That's just a lot of games aren't really playable until it's happening, unless you're right. building an early access plan type game. And with how massive this, assuming it's anywhere on the scale of a Skyrim or a Fallout 4, we're talking about a massive world, especially with the space nature. We're talking, like... This and the only my big issue. I said it when I saw the trailer. I'm like, they're using the same fucking engine, and I'm like, just fucking buy it, make a new engine. But that's the, you have Microsoft money, make a new fucking <laughs> engine. I'm gonna be so well, pissed. To be if fair, this has been six. in development for so long. Uh, yeah, it's it, it, like L dates. I expect involvement a lot, but I expect Elder Scrolls Six to be a new engine. It won't. And I'm gonna be still upset about, it. <laughs> or at least an updated version, a I mean, heavily updated all version. Updated, but they're all I mean, still heavily. that Morrowind engine at its core. They're still the, using the, the Morrowind engine. Well, th- that's what I'm talking about, though. I want to see like a huge upgrade from where Skyrim was mm. by the time we see Elder Scrolls Six. We're already talking about the next game they're gonna release is 11 years after that. Yeah, it might be another three to five years after that before we even see Elder Scrolls Six again. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, who who even knows? But, I I mean, 
in this case, I would expect this to be highly updated mm-hmm. on top of that, and then even more for then. Um, but yeah, I mean, I look at this as having the potential to be an Elder Scrolls in space kind of experience, which Elder Scrolls with dragons was amazing. Elder Scrolls with demons was amazing. Why not take it to space? Right? It's, you know, like, the way, not to offend you, Brian, but think Mass Effect, but better. Uh, But, I mean, let's, That was called Mass Effect Andromeda? (laughs) No, it wasn't. No, (laughs) no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. No. Best $5 I've ever spent. (laughs) You may have got more value out of that five. It was, like, two years after release, so, like, a decent amount of the jank was fixed. Story still sucked, but the gameplay was good. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not saying, and in that, I'm not saying Mass Effect is bad. I'm saying, like, think about, like, where it could go. And well, that's all this it, is, though. This is speculation. This is based mm-hmm. on a cutscene that we think we know what this game is. We, there's still a lot of questions with this, from what my I, perspective. I, I just want to know what the hell this is. What I'm hoping for is maybe just a bigger budget of a, another game we got a little pre reading. Okay. We saw just as much, I was about to say that, but we saw just as much of this game that we did this, and that's Outer Worlds 2. I'm hoping just for maybe a more expansive version of that. See, I was looking at it maybe as more of a mix between, like, Elder Scrolls and Destiny. Where, you know, Destiny, you're planet hopping, kind of, not the same, you know I mean? Like, maybe Elder Scrolls, Destiny, and No Man's Sky, kind of, like, all coming together in some way. Because, I mean, it's going to have more active combat than something like No Man's Sky does, of course. Mm-hmm. Or Star Citizen. Um, yeah. Uh, so, like, you're going to have, like, stuff like that. You're going to have an RPG element. It's just a matter of how's it all going to come together. And I'm I'm excited to find out. I'm very curious about how much actual space flying I can do. Because I feel like... That would be awesome. Be very more space flying is better. Limit it. Like... With their budget and how it is, like, I played plenty of space games where you can fly and stuff, but the budget is so much different that it, like, makes sense, like, how their space works. With Starfield, I I, I would be expecting so much more. I'd be expecting, like, a Star Citizen, a um, an Elite Dangerous, like, level of flying from it that I don't yeah. know if you can make that game and then also give me any type of Fallout and Skyrim ground-level game and still have money. That's fair. Um, because I mean, I've seen Star Citizen where, like, you know, people playing that with, uh, you know, the um, flight sticks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so the, the flying in that is so, like, damn good. Mm-hmm. Like, it, you know, the, the, the precision that you're able to fly with sometimes is pretty impressive. Oh, it'll be cool to so, ever make a game out of it. <laughs> yeah. It, it's still in, like, alpha, isn't it? I, I don't even know if they're using that term. Okay. But yeah, but you can but, still buy a 10K ship. That's US. <laughs> it, it, it's one of those things where, like, I, I, don't, I agree. I don't think it's going to have the level of flying that you get out of Star Citizen. Mm-hmm. But some extent of it mm-hmm. would be nice. Yeah, that's, I, that's the thing. It's going to be my most anticipated at next year's Xbox conference. Because I, mean, I just want to what they're doing. I, I do want to see what this game is, and I'm I'm the potential is there. I just need a little bit more concrete details before I'm like, yes, this is what I'm like fucking there for. Because Todd has lied to me before, and Todd will lie to me again. 
I mean, the fact of the matter is, this is an Xbox exclusive. It's gonna hit Game Pass, so that was I'm probably the biggest try news. it. But was they I, officially yeah. said that? Yeah, yeah, because I wasn't sure. Because we, you know, with the deal between Xbox and Bethesda, it was we were I at least I was under the impression. I thought they said this in press releases that stuff that was cur- currently in active development was still going to go to all platforms. Why Starfield was in active development. I, I think thought it was, it was no, other platforms. specifically because I forget what it's called now, but the next game they're p- publishing is already was already signed to be a Sony limited exclusive, like a time limited. I think that's what they were referring to. Okay. okay I forget what that yeah. game's called now. There's a game coming out. Yeah, it's a Bethesda game, but it's not a... No, it's going to be amazing because it's going to be just like the MLB The Show. It's going to say, like, Xbox Publishing and then be only on Sony for, like, <laughs> six months. Um, You got anything yeah. else for Starfield? No, just can't wait to see more. Okay. Uh, I guess that means it's my turn. Um, Trying to look at my list of, like, what do I want to talk about that someone might not grab... Um, I'll say some of these. All right, so this is probably an obvious pick for me, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, Square Enix is making a Guardians of the Galaxy game, uh, which honestly surprised the crap out of me. I didn't even know this was in active development, and it's coming out in October. Like, what the hell? Um, And it looked like it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think it looks pretty good. Mm -hmm. Uh, October 26th is the release date. Uh, They are doing... This is a single-player action-adventure game. Um, It's got an original take on the characters. Uh, so if you've played, like, Marvel's Avengers, like, that's Square Enix's take on the Avengers and an original story and how they want to play it. I, I honestly just kind of assumed that if Guardians was going to be in a game, that they would fold them into Avengers. But this seems to be completely separate and them doing their own thing. So, I don't know. I mean, single player, you're playing as Peter Quill, you're playing as Star-Lord, part of the Guardians of the Galaxy, whatever story they craft, there are some sort of decision-making things that affect the story like there's dialogue options and i guess you can affect maybe the team dynamic or how the story plays i don't know it look kind of like that um you can i think there's the ability to upgrade stuff right like you level up and upgrade abilities and stuff like that and the only thing that looked kind of weird to me and i don't know how it will play from the gameplay that they showed is that you can issue orders to squad mates and that whole system seemed really weird. I don't know if you, how well that's going to work on the fly, but it seems like you hit a button and you have like four directionals to choose from almost like picking a squad mate. You select that and then you get another four way selector screen of like which ability or, or order to give that person. And it just seems like, like a lot of, little like sub menus to do all in real time while you're trying to fight people like that to me seems like it could get very awkward i would assume if they're making the game in a decent way that all the characters will have some passive settings where you can just have them set to do certain things like any other game yeah like this where yeah this character is going to be aggressive this character is going to be you know, healing or guarding or, you know, whatever. Like, and you can have them preset to do those things. But if you want to micromanage it, you can. And that's like, my think- hope is that, yeah, the AI is smart enough to take care of itself and you don't need to do that all the time. But even like in high pressure situations, if you need to try to take control like that, I don't know how much that's going to affect you playing the game because you're in the middle of a fight trying to direct people to do different things. Well, like, I mean, that, that's kind of like messy. What Mass Effect would do, though, you could actively tell your two squad mates, like, use your ability, use this ability, you know? 
or you could just have them auto do it. It's but just a little was... more complicated than that. Cause I know the first mass effect struggled with it more. Cause there was a lot, it wasn't as streamlined as in each person can only have two active abilities. It was way more open, but I think this, if it's like, okay, you're going to like memorize the button presses, you know, you're going to learn it. Yeah. But I also think like Mass Effect, at least when you were issuing orders or, or telling a certain character to select a different weapon or something, it paused combat. Okay. I didn't see this gameplay yeah, doing that to let you think about what you're trying to do. It's real mm-hmm. time. You could be getting shot at while you're trying to issue orders. That to me is messy. Mm-hmm. No, I could see that being complicated, but I think a lot of it too was like, it seemed to mostly be to set up combos too. Yeah. So I think it's like, okay, I'm smashing that out because I'm setting something up like where, you know, you have the time. That's why you're doing it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, without really getting my hands on it and playing it, mm-hmm. I don't know how it feels. But just it looked kind of awkward watching it. Yeah. And I will say this, I noticed this and I, I know people pointed out and they were surprised by this and they thought they must be confident. There were noticeable times the FPS dropped when they were playing this. Okay, like, I didn't it, realize that. It clearly dropped from, like, maybe 50, 60 frames down to, like, 30. Like, they had some chugging at different points during the combat. Okay. Like, it was noticeable. I saw the two, like, watching it live before I saw people pointing it out. So, I was, when they pointed it out, they were like, okay, like, either they're not fixing that or, like, okay, they're confident enough in this product to show we're going to get there, guys. But this is what we have. Because they showed a lot of that game. Yeah, they go there was way like a more good than I thought. Ten they minute would. gameplay or something that they put out for that, which mm-hmm. is again for a game that I didn't know existed. That's a nice chunk right. of stuff to look at. And yeah, wondering- I mean, I I, do, I don't want to say that like you know me, I love the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, you know I mean that's some of my favorite movies that have come out recently, and I I wasn't as excited watching this as I thought I'd be. Yeah, I mean, I heard it, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then I heard it was Square Enix, and I'm like, okay, well, they, you know, what they did with the Avengers thing was, you know, solid gameplay, but disappointing overall content. And I I wanted to say, like, okay, but then it's single player as Star-Lord with the Guardians, and that seems kind of awkward. You know what I mean? Like, it seems like, why wouldn't, you know, if we're going to play as the Guardians, I kind of think it would be fun to be able to control all of them. Yeah. But... Okay, I get it. We're just going to do Star-Lord. Okay. Um I, I don't know. Like I'm I'm on the fence about this one still. I think like my gut it reaction could go either way. was kind of the same as you, and then I found myself thinking about the game 2 or 3 days later. Like it just wouldn't leave my mind and I was like, "You know what? That's enough for me to put on my list cuz now it just feels like something I want to try." I don't know if it's something I'd pay full price for, like I might wait for a sale for that one, but it's definitely something that is on my radar that was not there before. Yeah. No, it's very intriguing to me. I I really want to try this one out. I think, like, I I like the focus on Star Lord because it lets them tighten up the gameplay because you don't have to adapt to you know because their abilities are so wildly different. Yeah. Like playing as them and like even just like rocket size would be a bitch to deal with. Is like you jumping over to him. I feel like like I know he's still in the game like doing stuff, but I, I think it's easier to like kind of ignore your NPCs. Like non playable characters on the heroes team. Yeah. When you're designing a game, like easier to be like, we don't need to kill Rocket. You know, just <laughs> let him do whatever. So I, I think it'll be cool. I, I I don't think the choices will have any real major story beats. I think it'll be like, okay, that just changes that dialogue scene. Right. Maybe causes a little tension here and there. But like the one thing I did notice with that is it felt like the choice about sending Groot in to 
be the thing to be like sold to the person. Yeah. Like it felt like you could walk back that decision like four different times. Yeah, they definitely give but, you an out. But like it was like it was like it kept letting you do it, and I was like, do we maybe not need these to be dialogue choices? <laughs> could have just had two of these maybe be dialogue choices, you right. know? It was like, are you really sure you want to send Groot in there like four <laughs> times? And I, I'm curious because like it's very clearly different voices, but I wonder if they asked if they could get Vin Diesel. <laughs> he's got nothing else going on, right? Probably. <laughs> I mean, he's making Arc Two. Oh, that's right. Forgot about that. So I like to think he's actually in there every day, being like, "Guys, no shirt on. Guys, where are we at? <laughs> where are we at with these guys?" <laughs> Anyone need a Rona? I mean, Corona, so I can't see Rona no more. <laughs> He's just in there constantly re-recording dialogue that no one asked him to do. He's not even <laughs> in the game. He was just in that trailer. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that's all I got for that one. Uh, Ian, we'll go back to you. Okay. So this was also at the um, Xbox Game Showcase. This is, from what I could see, the first video game from the developer Munfish. It was Atomic Heart. It's coming out in 2021, and uh, Tencent owns part of Munfish, so I just want to get that out there because um, I, I think it's important to see just how much Tencent owns nowadays. So I don't know if you guys remember Atomic Heart from the Xbox Game Showcase, but it was one of the two games that had a ton of Russian shooter vibes. This was the one that wasn't Stalker. This is the one with the weird, trippy robot visuals with the amazing like Russian pop song playing. So, a couple of months ago, they actually had a different trailer showing off their ray tracing in DLSSS, not just for PC, but also on the Xbox Series X. <laughs> and it showed a lot more body horror enemies, so it's not just robots you're going up against, there's a lot more of, like, mutated-looking people, like, they had, like, a, like, a fucking, like, worm head with, like, tentacles popping out of this dude's body you're fighting, so... One thing I noticed is they had ice spring power. She shot out of your, like, hand that has, like, robot wires coming out of it. So you got, like, different powers you can use in your offhand. And you also have your guns and shit. So I looked into this and I found out a little bit about the story. So this game is set in a warped version of the Soviet Union between the 1930s and 60s. Robots, the internet, and holograms have already been invented as part of the tech revolution. And all of these developments are engulfed in the atmosphere of communism, confrontation, Western imperialism, and other social and political issues of the time. Yes, this is a game with politics. <laughs> Robots have been mass-produced to assist in agriculture, defense, wood production, and ordinary household chores. But now, they're rebelling. Everything is messed up and the robots are out of control. I thought the trailer was fucking fun. It just blew my mind. It was the most wild thing they showed, I think, at this Xbox showcase. It had that, like, charm of, like, earlier fallouts and, like, outer worlds. And once again, that song banged. I thought this was, like, amazing. It looks like you're fighting all these crazy robot enemies that had that old lady with the fucking umbrella look like she's threatening you and all the fucking cool little powers and bullshit you might be able to do and explosions. And it looked a lot of fun. It's like I I'm trying to remember the trailer. Like I remember watching it. I remember seeing the logo. I don't remember this trailer that you're referring to. I'm trying to remember what the fuck it looked like. It started off with like the little spinny robot that was red and yellow with like the big oblong head. And I started I would be like I was like, that's funny. That's a funny thing to see. And then it like the music kicks in and like it cuts away to like your character being this lady with like robot cables coming out of her head and then it's just like upbeat Russian pop song playing the whole time. <laughs> 
It was fucking trippy as shit. <laughs> like, it's the trailer I've watched the most because it's just fun. It looks like it's going to be a really fun game. Like I said, no firm release date other than 2021. Okay, yeah, and I it's... finally just skimmed through the trailer again. So now I, I have some visual reference for what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, it just looks wild. Yeah, I think I remember the, seeing the logo, but I don't remember that the game looked like that, like first person and sort of mm -hmm. almost like Far Cry-y. Mm-hmm. Like, like just a lot locked of in first person the whole time. They mentioned they wanted to do something like kind of like Just Cause Far Cry, but also like that old System Shock kind of thing, too. They really want to make a video game as a video game, to put it. Okay. Like, it looks like a video game. Like, the story's probably going to make no fucking sense, like, if you really think about it. But, like, these, like, Ukrainian and Russian studios know how to make fun shooters. And this looks like one of those. Is it going to be on Game Pass? Day one. Okay. So I know you'll try it, hopefully. So, I, yeah, I might have to dabble. Yeah. Check it out. If it's on Game Pass, I believe it'll it's get also a test. I believe it's also PC Game Pass Day 1. Oh, sweet. Oh, cool. Bonus. I like uh, that. I don't know, Mike, you got anything it. else for that Sorry. one? No, not really. I don't really remember the trailer, but my list is going really well. <laughs> I mean, it's what we expected. I feel like you're just going to name drop all this stuff that either we don't remember or have never heard of. Uh, so at least this one was from a press conference. I know Brian at least watched. Yeah, I definitely I did. So see I was it. expecting him to remember it. Nope. I the trailer was only a minute long, so I think it got lost in all the other stuff that happened. That was a big announcement. Sure. Like they're they're, they're thirty whole... games. Yeah. That well, was... then again, it wasn't 30 games because Scorn was on that list and I didn't see fucking Scorn. <laughs> yeah, they did. They opened the press conference saying we have 30 games to talk about. 27 of them are hitting Game Pass on day one. That is huge. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them were like this year or like mid to late next year. Like there yeah. wasn't any 2023 bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mike, all right, we'll loop back to you. Next up. Uh, next up for me is something I did not see coming at all from the Nintendo Direct, uh, and that is Metroid Dread, which is taking us back into 2D Metroidvania-style Metroid. And it's... Really? That's what you're going to say there? <laughs> you're going to call it Metroidvania, not just Metroid? <laughs> well, I mean, it's a Metroidvania-style <laughs> game. I mean, it's... No, it's a Metroid Sure, you know what? That's God fair. Damn it. It's a Metroid game. Metroid pioneered that game. We're, we're getting, but it's been 19 years. Since, 19 fucking years. Nin fucking Tendo's back, baby. It, it, since we got a 2D Metroid. And I am, I mean, they, they say, oh, Metroid Prime 4 and whatever's coming out. And I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. We have a 2D Metroid happening again. That is fucking amazing. Um, to me, this was the biggest surprise of the whole Nintendo Direct. They wanted to say Breath of the Wild too. It's like everybody knew that was fucking coming. Everybody's yeah, known about it. It wasn't right. a surprise. And it's coming out this year. Yes, it is coming out October four 8th months of 2021. And I'm I couldn't be more thrilled to get back into 2D Metroid. I mean, it, what is it? I guess it's like Metroid 4. So it's like, what was the last 2D Metroid? Technically, was it Super? They're calling it Metroid 5. Metroid 5. Okay. I don't know if they're... Yeah, they're calling it Metroid 5 Dread. Okay. I don't know if they're including, like, Metroid Zero or Fusion, or where they're yeah. getting this number from. That's what confused me when I heard it. I'm like, I don't remember the last time they put it... They, it's, I don't think they've put out a numbered Metroid. 
Has there like a standard two D Metroid? I don't. It was like Metroid, I mean, Super Metroid, the Metroid games. So I I don't know what Metroid Fusion. Where they I don't think numbering. they've ever numbered them. So yeah. I don't know where they're. I don't know where. They're I, I guess that's why I was so confused. I'm like, is this five? Like I don't. Whatever. Um, but we, it, Brian, you said you don't play them. I've. I'm trying to think what I've played. I've probably played some for like Super Nintendo, like back in the day. I don't remember playing anything for. Like, I definitely didn't do any of the 3D first-person ones for GameCube and stuff like that. I didn't do those. Well, there was two other um, 2D ones that were... What was it? Like, Game Boy Advance was one of them. And then the other mm-hmm. one was... Was the other one... There was one on um DS. It was... Okay, so there was okay, a yeah, DS and I definitely and didn't an play Advance. those either. Okay, uh-huh. yeah. That, that's what I was going to say. It's like, that's what happened to Castlevania, too, is they wound up on Game Boy uh, mm-hmm. for a while there. But, uh... Is there like a specific reason you you never got into them, or is it just no? I like I I don't mind those. I guess I just I think growing up playing those on Nintendo, I would get stuck and then I'd just put them down and play something else. And I never had the patience for those games when I was little. I haven't gone back to try a two D Metroid in probably that much time, so I don't know if I could get into it as much. That's fair. And I never played the Castlevania games that that were sort of like that either. So. I, that's a whole section of games that I haven't really dove into. I mean, when when I was a kid, I never got through the Metroid games, but I went back, I mean, it's probably 12 years ago that, yeah. that I, because I, I know it was sometime right around the time I met Amy, so it was, you know, sometime in there I, I was going back and playing like Metroid and Symphony of the Night and those games that I never finished as a kid because they were a little bit more complicated than I was ready for as a child. Right, right. And uh, I went back and I played them all, and man, they're fucking great. Like, I 100% recommend going back to them and getting the satisfaction of beating them now. Well, I did play one, I think it was similar in style. I think it was, what, Shadow Complex, I think, that was on 360? That was that kind of... I don't remember who made it, but it was that style of game, the 2D, like, scroller... You know, you go this way to unlock an ability, but then you have to go back and use that ability you just unlocked to get to this area and so on and so forth. Yeah. And progressively opening up the map to figure out where you're going and stuff. It was like that. Okay. I never finished that one, but I did play that one. Well, that was that was epic. I. That's right. Yes. Yeah, I, I never played that one. I don't remember that at all, actually. But I didn't play a lot during 360 era. That was, like, not a time I was playing a lot of video games. But, um... Yeah, I mean, for me, like, this was a surprise. It was, I wouldn't say a shock, but it was definitely like, holy fuck, yes, they're going to do this again. And it got, like, I never cared for Metroid Prime. It was never my thing. I tried it. I just couldn't get yeah. into 3D Metroid like that. Um, But 2D, um, I hope this is a continuing thing that we don't just get this one and wait another 10 years or 20 years or some shit again. Um, But also hopefully it's good. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's something they haven't done in 19 years. So I'm assuming it's not the same team that made the last few. Uh, So (laughs) I I hope this one is uh, just as good as its predecessors because it's a high bar to live up to, you know, it's kind of like symphony of the night, Castlevania, same kind of thing has not lived up to that game since that. Yeah. So it's it's a very high bar to try and meet. Did you watch any of the Playhouse gameplay? No, I did not. I just watched like so the they trailer showed, stuff. 
over a half hour of gameplay, and it looked fucking sweet. You can slide now. It was fucking awesome. I saw the slides in the trailer. That was very cool. Yeah. Um, it, they had it with the boss where you like needed to slide the boss because the boss could like switch which way their weak point was and stuff, uh, which was cool. Okay. And then like as you are damaging the boss and like get through the stages of it, the level you were in fighting the boss like changed to let you use your other abilities you had picked up earlier in the game to like keep letting you build on that. It was it looked really cool and looked like a lot of fun. I'm really excited for this, and I really love the um the suits Thomas is in. That, yeah, like it, rainbow fucking color. Yeah, thing. it looked pretty fucking cool. Ian, do and you like, have to get a switch for this one? Uh yeah. <laughs> well, that in another game I'll be talking about later. Ooh, okay. Oh man, I got two other Switch games on my list, and I know Brian's about to hit the other game I have on my list. Rut row. Am I? I mean, I'm assuming you're gonna talk about this at some point. That's I Trying to hold off some of them to try to get. I don't know if you have backups ready, but I have a couple that I can hit. If when you want to talk about Halo, you go right for it. I'm just leaving it to you. Well, that's what I mean. If you wanted, it's no, yours because no, no, I, I, I have, you have stuff more I can notes talk on about. it than I do. That's why I'm leaving it to you. Not they're making Halo many. Yeah. Welcome back, uh, Mr. Halo. <laughs> all right. Anything else for Metroid? I I think it's crazy that they released this 15 minutes into their direct. Like, they didn't leave with it, and they didn't close with it, and it's probably <laughs> the game people cared the most about. Yeah, I mean, Breath of the Wild 2 was getting people, but it wasn't... Like, people knew that we was coming. Like, yeah. I mean, this was a surprise, and it was a big surprise, and it was like, fuck, yes. Mm-hmm. So, you're right. It, it, it should have been opener or closer. And it wasn't going to be closer because of Breath of the Wild 2, but it should have been the opener. Yeah, instead of... Hey, we're making Tekken. Oh wait, no, it's not Tekken on Switch. It's the new Smash character. <laughs> to be fair, that a lot of the the Switch kids are very into their new Smash character announcements. Yeah, but they're also pissed because it's another Smash character from a different fighting game. Yeah, <laughs> but then again, they're pissed every time they announce a Smash character. Oh yeah, anytime it's not the Smash character they wanted, which is always that. Yeah. <laughs> which is yeah. what it always yeah. is. It's never that one. Yep. Um. All right. So I'm gonna pick something that. I really wasn't sure that I was going to pick, and then the more I was trying to review games, I was like, you know what, this stuck out to me more the second viewing than it did the first time. Uh, it's a game from Sad Cat Studios called Replaced, which is a 2.5D sci-fi retro futuristic action platformer, which is a mouthful to say, uh, where you play as R-E-A-C-H, Reach, an artificial intelligence trapped in a human body against its will. The game combines cinematic platformer, pixel art, free-flow action combat... With a deep, engaging, dystopian story set in an alternate, al yeah, alternative, alternate. Why can't I say that word? Alternative, nineteen eighties. Um, the the gameplay for it looked sixteen uh, bitish, like it's got that pixel art style to it, mm -hmm. which was unique. It feels Blade Runnery, which is just kind of cool for that kind of art style. Um, I'm most curious, I think, about the combat. Like, sure, two D platformer, I get. The way that it looked like the combat was working, and they described it as free-flow combat. When I think of free-flow combat, I think of, like, the Arkham series for Batman. Like, that's, to me, free-flow combat. How do you do that in, in a 2D platformer? Like, I really just want to see how that plays. Um, the game is due to come out sometime in 2022. That's all we got. Um, it is hitting Xbox Game Pass, so I will definitely check it out when it releases, whenever that is. Um, 
but it was unique enough that it stuck with me and I was like, you know what, that does look pretty sweet and it's not something I would typically play, but it, I am curious enough that I want to try it really bad. So did they have any like shots of the combat happening or no? Is that what just what they called it? Yes. So yeah. was it I didn't actually see any of like the extended or deep on this. I saw a little It was just bits. the the one trailer that I saw. W- was there it's in, it's in the trailer. Any bits of it that looked like like my friend Pedro? Have you played I haven't played that. Okay. So I don't know. But there looked like some sort of like blocking and parrying attacks to it. So it's it. all melee? Like there's it one... There was a little bit of that, but there was one where you almost looked like the person did like a finisher where he blocked somebody, smacked him to the ground, pulled out a gun and like headshotted him while he was on the ground. Okay. And it might have been that point of the trailer where he starts to get surrounded. Like other enemies are coming from both sides of the screen. And I don't know if you're supposed to fight them after that. Like they're... It, the combat looks a lot more in-depth than I would expect for a 2D platformer. Okay. So I'm just curious what kind of button presses they're doing to make it look like you're doing cool shit. Yeah. So is is it going to be very complicated or easy enough to pick up and figure out that you're just going to look, be looking cool doing whatever you want to do? Okay, yeah, that sounds nothing like what I was thinking. Like, when you said, like, free-flowing combat, I was thinking, like... The, the way it sounded to me was, like, my friend Pedro was, like, a... It's a shooter, but it's an action okay. platformer. So, but it's like, it's definitely free flowing, but it's not like it's like it's a pure shooter. Like you're all there is no melees and close quarters. It's all shooting. Um. So yeah, I I, I was just trying to envision it, but my vision's way off. Well, here I'll throw the trailer in chat. If Ian knows what I'm talking about and wants to chime in, that'll give you time to review the trailer real quick. Sure. It kind of honestly looks like a Metroidvania game. Like it's, it does you know, a little bit, yeah. So maybe I'm leaning that towards that style stuff. without really realizing we're going into that style. I mean, I like cyberpunk stuff a lot. I've mentioned that on various platforms I have appeared on. I think it's my favorite genre. I love the game Cyberpunk. You may have heard of it. It's an yep. amazing game. Yep. <laughs> and yeah, this looks really cool. Um, I, I, you know, I'm fine with like we just talked about um Metroid from Metroidvania, and I, I like those kind of style games. It's something I want to check out. That finishing move you talked about, I was really curious if that was when how they showed it in the trailer. It wasn't like really a setup to it; like it could have been a cutscene kind of thing. So I and don't yeah. know if that was an active thing he forced, which you know he could easily could be. But it looked really cool how they did it. I this game seems like I want to check it out. I want to play it. It's really cool. It's on. It's one of those things where. We talked about this a little in the pre-show. I don't know if it'll make the cut, but Game Pass is bringing out like so many things for a lot of gamers to try that they might not have picked up before. And I think this is one of them for like a lot of people that just wouldn't try these type of you know two D games like this. And I, oh, it for looks sure. really cool. Um, I'm curious how the combat evolves because there was like a little melee stuff. There was shooting, and the the look of it. It's just a very dark game. Like it's very a lot of. Blacks. You're gonna have to check the black level of your TV <laughs> and make sure you get that true depth of color. You know, I thought it looks really cool. Uh, yeah, upon like looking at the trailer again, I actually recalled it. Um, and I just hadn't like I guess the name didn't stick with me, and I was trying to remember what the hell you were talking about. But not a great yeah. name. Yeah, I don't get the name very well. I get how like it's gonna play into the story, but it, mm-hmm. it uh, didn't stick. But yeah, it looks pretty damn cool. Um, it's definitely the type of game I'll, I'll be playing, especially again. This is a Game Pass thing as well, right? Yes. So 
There you go. Day one. Uh, like, now, we don't get anything other than 2022, so who the hell knows when in 2022 it's coming out. But Yeah, that's when my, want to keep my, my free eye on ride sure. on Game Pass ends is toward the end of 2022. That. I mean, at this point, they, I'm locked in. I'm going, once my three-year-ahead thing expires, I'm paying for this thing. They've got me. And Phil Spencer claims another soul. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, at this point, I'm probably more along the lines of, like, uh, pay when I want it kind of situation for Game Pass. Yeah. Like, rather than buying a $60 game, I'll probably pay 15 bucks to play the new release for a month, and if I'm not done with it, pay it again. Yeah. And then if there's other stuff during that month, so be it. And if not, cancel it out. And, you know, because, I mean, it's it's a lot if you're not going to use it that month. And there's months where I won't use it. Yeah. So. Fair. But, yeah, for stuff like this, yeah, definitely looking forward to it. That's going to be fun. Uh, Ian, if we're good, we'll go to you. So, to keep with the Xbox theme and... Hey, it's another Russian game. Stalker 2, baby! <laughs> so they're bringing Stalacker back for the first time since 2009. It is made once again by GCS Game World, a studio out of Kiev, Ukraine. The release date's 4-28-22. Fourth game in the series, using a new multi-platform engine created by GSC themselves. GSC has also canceled Stalker 2 twice. This is the third <laughs> time they're making Stalker 2. <laughs> it is a FPS game with most, sorry, I misread my notes, mutant creatures <laughs> and the most vile enemy of all, your fellow man, are your main adversaries in the well-known follow-up to one of the most well-known Ukraine game series of all time, set in an alternate timeline where a second nuclear disaster occurred at the Chernobyl exclusion zone, causing strange changes around it. It will feature multiplayer, there's two planned story expansions, and just like the trailer for Atomic Hearts, had a fantastic music section. And once again, our antagonist appears they want to free the zone because the zone is given so much back to him. The zone is obviously the Chernobyl exclusion zone where you're not supposed to enter, but that's where these stalkers make their money. It had a very cool FPS gameplay trailer showing off some cool abilities and also, hey, the shooty shooty parts work. <laughs> and we also got some amazing Russian and amazing Russian songs when you're just at the campfire and they're playing guitar going, Gumblak, Zlak, Nok. You know, that's what Russian is. Is this, correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't the are the Metro games Russian based? Yes. Okay. Is this because you played Metro that you're like all into this stuff now? Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> Metro's where it's at. Russian games are where it's at. Fuck yeah, Ukraine games with Russian dialogue. I'm all about it. Yeah. <laughs> I was interested in the Stalker series back when they originally came out. Like I said, the most recent one was 2009. The first one was in 2006. I tried playing the first one, and I don't think I had a good time with it. I just wasn't sure what I was doing, maybe. But I've, um, you won't believe this, guys. I've aged a lot since 2006. <laughs> so I'm a different gamer now. So I, I don't know if I'll go back to them because I'm kind of a graphics whore. But I, 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 I think nowadays, not just playing Metro, because they're different games, obviously. There's that influence, you know, the Russian-ish, the Russianist. The Russianist, the Ruskiness of it, but I, I, I think I'm going to enjoy this. It seems like really fun, and I, you know, Cyberpunk's up there with me. Nuclear Apocalypse, Mad Max. I'm about that shit, so I'm about this game. It, like I said, it's it's a it's going to have multiplayer. That's going to see what that's like. They have um special editions already up for. 
pre-order where you can get weapon skins for your multiplayer character. So we'll see what it's like. I'm going to try it out and I'm going to, I think I'm going to have fun doing it. I think I'm, I think I'm going to have fun doing it. Was that a Game Pass game too? I believe so. Okay. So but I don't know if it was day one. Are, are you confident in their ability to finish this game this time? No, I am not <laughs> confident that this game's okay. actually going to come out this time. There's been struggles. This this ge- Stalker Two was also canceled by a third studio that th- was starting to make it and was actually just a grift. And then they finally stopped grifting when GSC said, "You guys don't own the rights to Stalker." <laughs> so this is really the fourth time Stalker Two's attempted to be made. Right. And like, like I said, though, this is actually the fourth game in the series. Okay. See, it all comes full circle. Yeah, maybe that's so, what it's all intended for. I, you know. So, I'm worried that come April 28th, that not only will it not be delayed, it just be like it's canceled. But it, <laughs> what we did see it looked really cool, and I'm very excited to check this one out. I, I'm gonna have hopefully be caught up in the Metroid Metro Metro games. But fucking, we're talking too much Metro <laughs> Russian shit tonight. I'm gonna be caught up in the Metro series by then, so I can give it that full. Is this as good as Metro Exodus? There's like two other Metro games you got to play, right? Exodus is one of them, and I got to play the middle one, which I think is Dying Light. Okay. I, think yeah, it's I mean, last the first light. one was like nine. Yeah, I'm thinking of the game Dying Light. Yeah. yeah. There's, a, <laughs> there's a game called Dying Light, too. I'm getting my all fucks up. Wait till my next game. That's going to probably tongue twist me the fuck back. But yeah, I, I looked really cool. I'm really excited. I don't know if you guys had any thoughts on the game, because it's kind of outside of the nuclear post-apocalyptic. It's kind of like... Hey, there might be some RPG elements, and you shoot your gun. And I, I'm, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like this was another one I've never played any of the series before. So mm-hmm. for me, like I, I don't want to say I turn my brain off a little bit, but it does happen when it's like, oh, it's gonna be this game in a series you've never played before, and I'm kind of like, okay, whatever, and I just kind of shut off, but. It's something, again, it, it's got a shot at getting played on Game Pass if it actually uh, does release. Let's hope. Yeah, I think I'm I'm in the same boat as Mike, where it's, I knew it was, once I saw the title, I'm like, okay, that's the sequel to a game I haven't played. It reminds me of the Metro games that I haven't played. I don't know if I'd really spend the time to play it, but again, Game Pass, maybe I'd try it just to, just to give it a shot, but I also think the Metro games are on there, and I haven't tried those yet either, so I don't know. I will say one thing I, I from what I've been looking into is I've I've looked into this one some more, you know, looking on their website, looking at different developer interviews. It, like it's gonna link to those older games, but it's not necessary. And I yeah. think that's that's a problem a lot of the game series have. Like, how do you pitch Mass Effect three to someone that didn't play the first two? Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, so like Final Fantasy gets around it by they're not connected in any fucking way. Yeah. <laughs> that that's that's how Final Fantasy's on sixteen here and yeah, you know, and that's not even the 16th game in the series. Oh no, there's many more than that. <laughs> yeah. But and so that's I think Stalker. It's like okay, it's that's why it's Stalker Two. It's kind of more of a fresh reboot of the series and not Stalker Four. Yeah, it's still probably a little off-putting for two, but I think they're gonna do a good job. Hopefully later when we get a little closer to release of being like, guys, it's it's a post-apocalyptic wasteland in Russia. Like, come Putin might be in it. Come find out. <laughs> so what? So just. I guess devil's advocate type of thing, but what sets this shooter apart from other shooters? Like, I don't know what the gimmick is for this one that makes it different than others. So this is what you're not going to like to hear. (laughs) That's why I didn't bring it up. So 
this game has a very big emphasis on you got to eat, you got to drink, there's endurance, you got to manage, you got to manage your stuff. (laughs) It's a very unforgiving world. It's a kind of a survival game in that sense. Yeah, so it's not. So it's less of a straight up action shooter. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta hope. You gotta survive because you might not make it to the fight because of how you, everything you expense getting through that fight. So it's a Minecraft game. There's there's no blocks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if we go, if we but if we break it, it down to its game? basic elements, I'm sure we'll find them eventually. Is it a strand game? No, it's not a strand type game. We've talked about one strand like game tonight, but this is not it. Okay. <laughs> that was Elden. That was Elden Ring. Don't start. It's a strand like. Don't 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 start. <laughs> it's a strand like game. You got to thank Kojima for that game coming out. <laughs> I will not. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's all we got for Stalker. Maybe we'll talk about a different strand game later. <laughs> uh, Mike, we'll come back to you. Next up for you. Um, yeah, you know what? Uh, I'm I'm still gonna push Halo down the down the line to you on this. Um, for now, at least. Uh, and we, we're we're gonna go out with probably the soonest releasing game that we saw on the Nintendo Direct, and that is Mario Golf. I am fucking thrilled. I I mean, I don't know if you guys played Mario Golf back in the day for like it, like it it was fucking fun. And getting a new Mario Golf to me is awesome. It like it, it like there's not a whole lot to say about Mario Golf. It's just fun. It's stupid fun. And you don't even have to like golf. I hate golf, but I love Mario Golf. <laughs> So it's one of those things. It's just like that guilty pleasure where I'm just like, "Fuck yeah, I'm playing some Mario Golf next week." Like, it that that's gonna happen. It comes out on June 25th, which is a week from today. Yeah. So next Friday, I can get my Mario Golf on again for the first time in I don't know how many years. I don't know when the last one released, but it's a while, quite a while. Um, I'm assuming the last one was on Wii. I uh, know. I think they just had Wii Golf. I don't think they actually had a Mario Golf on Wii. Yeah. Okay. I want to say the last yeah, one was they... like GameCube. I believe it was the GameCube one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So like, it's been a good long time since since there was a new Mario Golf, which is why it's gonna be fun. Because you know, playing it on Switch, being able to play it on the go, maybe some friends get it at some point. You can play with them. If not, fuck them. I can just play by myself. I don't give a shit. It's fun. And I'm yeah. sure because it's on Switch, you'll be able to play it, like, multiplayer in one room, which is always good. Um, something that more games, hopefully, are coming back towards. Uh, you know, that that's one of the things Nintendo has consistently kept up with, is that one console, multiple players in the same room can keep playing and having fun together, which a lot of games have gotten away from. Um, yeah. So, it, it's one of those, like, fun games where, like, Amy and I can sit down and just fuck around with some Mario Golf for an evening instead of watching some rerun or some shit. You know, it's, uh, yeah, I'm going to be really excited (laughs) uh, to play Mario Golf in a week. Um, But again, there's not a whole lot to say about it. If you've played one Mario Golf, you've played them all. It's going to be probably a lot more of the same, just look a lot better than it used to. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't seem like they're reinventing the wheel with this. No. So if you like it. Yeah, if you like one, I think you'd like this one too. Yeah, 
and it, and if I played a lot of it on 64, I'm, it looks really cool. The the big thing for me is that the way Wario is dressed is he looks like the older dude at an LSU tailgate, <laughs> and that's just fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like it's real cool like i know someone now that like that picture exists of wario someone's gonna find that guy at the lsu game next year (laughs) oh my god get the side by side oh they're gonna just photoshop the mustache on and you're not gonna be able to tell the difference if i could grow that mustache i would definitely grow that mustache man (laughs) one that you could like just just grow it here but then wax it so that because it has to stick off of your face you know yeah, Wario's yeah. mustache is not attached to his face. It sits out from it. So it's like whiskers almost. It's weird. But I would grow that if I could. I don't, I can't. But if I could, I would go for that. It, this might be the most important golf game to release this millennium. <laughs> Ever. I mean... It, Since the original. Well, I mean, maybe Craig Stadler had a golf game back in the day that was... True. Or maybe Golf with Friends. I think that's probably a mobile game. <laughs> <laughs> probably i i don't i don't i don't do mobile games but yeah i i'm i can't wait it's gonna be fun yeah that's I'm probably sure. one i'll try to get eventually too i, I probably won't get it next week but at some point i would like to see what they do like with different if they do more like power up stuff and what they like if they bring stuff in from like odyssey and stuff like you know because i yeah. think they like to include elements from their recent games in these and i also curious like of how big the Smash roster, the Mario Party roster have gotten, just how many playable characters there will be in this. Well, I feel like Mario Party actually got smaller this time than it was on the last couple for the Wii. Pro- you could see that, yeah. Um, but it, I know the Mario Kart lineup's huge. Mario Kart's very big, and Smash, uh, Smash is it's Smash. nothing's coming near Smash's lineup. That's yeah. ridiculous at this point. Um, but yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see the roster and I, you know, I mean, I'm hoping for some interesting mini games thrown in as a surprise. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. it, Nintendo's mini games are always a fucking blast. So, and I hope they have like a, um, putt putt mode. Oh, that would be <laughs> cool. It, like mm-hmm. it, they don't give you a whole lot of information with some of these. Like this was announced as like, Hey, we're mm-hmm. doing Mario golf again. And you got to see a few shots and it was like, what did they give you all told on that? Like 30 seconds. Like, but they they know you're gonna buy. Yeah, it, it was just an aside. <laughs> like, hey, Mario Golf's happening, and it's like, oh, sweet. But it's I guess it's also with them. They're like, just watch the fucking treehouse. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I I didn't. I I'll be playing it, and it'll be uh, swell time. Yeah, yeah, it should be. It's get a it's a, a, it's a Nintendo Mario a game man. themed on something. They always work. Yeah, even Strikers. Yeah. I yeah. Sure. I uh, thought it was fun. I never played it. Do you have something else, Ian? You want to add something? I just said yeah. I thought Mario Strikers was fun. I'm gonna I'm gonna die on this hill. Mario <laughs> I, Strikers I never I never played it. That's the tennis one, right? No, that's the soccer that's one. Soccer. Oh god, okay. The, never mind. The tennis one's Mario Tennis. Yeah. I th- yeah, I could have sworn they called it something else before, but no. Okay. Yeah, the I only one that's not just what it is is the soccer one. <laughs> okay. All the other ones are Mario thing. <laughs> Price it. They didn't want to call it soccer for like international audiences because exactly. football is too confusing. And they couldn't have two names. Yeah. Yeah. What do they think this is? Resident Evil. <laughs> um. All right. 
Uh, I guess we'll move on to my next one. I'm still going to hold off on Halo just in case oh, Mike wants to take it. I'm like 10. It's not on my <laughs> list, but I might put it on just because I'm waiting for this to happen. I've <laughs> got one more. Um, if Ian doesn't I'm take gonna the go one that's for... not Halo, then you're getting it. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I'm going to go for, looking at my list, I'm going to go for something that's due out summer 2022 from Bethesda's Arcane Studios. This is Redfall. Um, Arcane Studios did Prey, Dishonored. Uh, they still have Deathloop upcoming, uh, which hasn't released yet. Um, this game will also be hitting Game Pass. This is a vampire-infested open-world first-person shooter with four-player co-op support. Um, all we got was a CG trailer for this, but that was enough for me. It looks like the characters you can play as have some sort of different abilities to use. Um, I'm expecting something Left 4 Dead-esque, but with vampires. Although I guess Left 4 Dead doesn't doesn't really have, like, the, uh, abilities for characters. That's just survive the world and make your way through. Mm -hmm. So I don't so, know if this is going to be as linear as that. No, open world, so it's got to be... Uh, more to it than that, a little bit more freedom. But even just the characters having abilities looks different. Uh, so I don't know what the how that all works with if they have any type of story or something for this. But um, interesting enough that I was like, all right, that that looks cool. I like uh, what they're going for that. And vampires aren't always the villain that you fight, and it, like it's always zombies for this kind of stuff, right? So vampires are different. That's kind of cool. So yeah, I'll give that a shot, especially on Game Pass. What the hell? So that's where I'm at for that one. So I know uh, a listener was really interested in our opinions about this game. Well, I'm I'm all for it. You can tell Jason I like it. I'm I'm in I'm in for it. So my only concern was like, okay, so this is just back for blood with vampires, so same real concept and the trailer looked kind of cool. I I've just never been super into the the ones where I feel like I'm ne necessitated to have a team to have fun. Yeah. And that's what this seems like. I need four players. I could probably, this one, what I'm hearing right now, maybe I could scrounge up four, but I don't like it when I'm required because I don't want to play randoms. They suck. Yeah. Well, that's just why That's why the Game Pass thing is clutch. Mm -hmm. Like, this is not a game I could probably convince friends to buy. But yeah. I know enough people that have Game Pass. It's like, hey, do you want to try this? Sure, I'll download it for free and play it. I mean, out of the two, I think I'd like Back for Blood's trailer more. I don't know if that's just because it was more traditional for that type of game. I mean, to be fair, that was also on my list, but I figured that was a little bit more obvious as far as, like, what that game is. And this True. one, to me, stood out as being at least a little bit different. That... I, I was curious because I, my other issue with these kind of games is locking you into that character. Like, that's the nerd one. This is the guy that measures fucking vampire skeletons. Yeah. You know? And I, it's my issue. I, I don't want to be the nerd every time, you know, because he has the cool ability that I like that lets me, like, drink blood back or some bullshit, you know? Yeah. So I'm curious what they do with it. I, there has to be more enemy variety than it's vampires, because, you know, that's going to get old oh, yeah. quick. Yeah. So I'm curious what more we'll see about it. But, I mean, it's something I would probably try, but it's not something that's like, oh, shit, yeah. And then, you know, is it just these four characters that you see in the trailer to play yeah. as? Or are there going to be a bigger roster of characters to choose from with other abilities to try? Like, yeah, I want to see what that's what's there. How many downloads does it have to get to, to get converted into a live service game? It's <laughs> a good point. I feel like if, if as soon as they start talking about season passes or something, it's your live service game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, for me, I, I kind of agree with Ian. If I was going to play one or the other, I would probably go to back for blood before this one but it, it, it's the same thing kind of like 
the whole forced multiplayer thing, I'm kind of over it. And I, I, my future seems a lot of, you know, more single player focused. I, you know, I've done a lot of the multiplayer gaming and it's like, it's good, but I'm, I'm looking for more story driven experiences for the most part in terms of that. But you know, that's why I'm like couch co-op sounds great. Cause that, that, that's just fun with your friends. Whereas trying to find the randoms is awful every time. Right. Um, so yeah, I'm not really likely to play either one of them. So I, uh, did not pay a whole lot of attention to this one personally. Fair. But I cared uh, more when I thought this was um a new masquerade game. Yeah, I think that's still coming, isn't it? Yeah, I was gonna say there is a new masquerade game, isn't there? There's two. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. Well there's I, the I've... there's the full on RPG one and then there's like the one that's more telltale style. Oh right. Uh, yeah, okay. I saw that one. I didn't Okay. Yeah, I don't think the big full-on RPG one was shown at all because they um, changed studios. Oh, okay. Like last uh, okay. year or I something. Gotcha. So it basically, I think, started over again. Um, all right, well, I guess that's it for that one. Ian, what's your next one? Oh, God, this is the one I wrote the most about. <laughs> <clears throat> From the makers of Nier Automata, Bayonetta, <laughs> and the wonderful 101 comes Babylon's Fall to be announced. Closed beta signups are occurring right now. Application deadline is July 4th, 2021. The first test period will be late July. It's a third-person action RPG. It's a live-service game coming to Sony consoles and PC. They specifically said Steam, but I feel like that's going to open up. It is one to four players. I just talked about force multiplayer, but here I am. You <laughs> continuously compete dungeon levels as you try to climb the tower. Of Babylon. That's why it's called Babylon's Fall, because towers and you fall and there's a tower of Babylon. Thanks for explaining the title. Appreciate it. You guys get that? <laughs> so what sets this hack and slash game apart from other hack and slash games? Battle actions become the trigger to activate skills and draw your strongest power. So I looked, I actually got real in depth with this one. They had a 20 minute uh Full on, like, here's gameplay and here's interviews with our developers. So a couple things that stood out to me from watching that. The character designer specifically said he tried to avoid anything too cartoony. He wanted the designs of the characters to look like they could exist in our world. Like, realistic body types and nothing with, like, you know, that wow, like, oh, my shoulder pouches are 12 feet tall. It wanted to be like, okay, I wouldn't be freaked. Like, if I saw this at an oil painting i would believe oh that that's a that's a real thing right that was one of the big things they did and that's actually where they got their inspiration for the backgrounds and kind of the overall art style was eastern european oil paintings that's the tone they wanted to set they even did that with the orchestral track they wanted a heavy solemn feel to evoke that that painting like you know that medieval dark times where it's not it's not easy it's a hard time out there so you have that, and then there's a couple of cool things with that traditional hack and slash model. They have different character builds you can create. You can create a build where you're mostly about evading attacks with pinpoint timing. The gameplay itself changes depending on your build. Every player has a Gideon coffin attached to your back. Guess what you can put on that coffin? Two additional weapons. 
That's on top of the weapons you're already wielding. So you have weapons on your back that can also attack. That's how you can multiply your build. So you could be on your back. You got staffs casting magic where you got the sword up front. You're now a fucking battle wizard. What you want? <laughs> you want just fucking raw unclenched power? Three giant hammers. Let it ride. These additional weapons are swung freely independent of the player's current state. This allows for more diverse moves and combos. There are five weapon types. The coffin also has other powers that will let you, like, move more quickly. Or you can help assist your allies with healing or more damage. They will have a website. This is something Destiny could have fucking done. They will have a <laughs> website that will allow you to change your equipment and craft items and more while you're not actively playing the game. Now, I don't know if you guys remember, I believe it was called God's Fall. It was a launch game for uh, PS5 made by Gearbox. It was also on Epic. The The inventory system looked very similar to that, and by that I mean it worked. It's kind of reminiscent of Destiny's inventory system. It works at a level, but I hope it's a little more in-depth, because Destiny's you can get kind of lost in, I feel like, especially attaching different mods to different things. I'm sure Mike could speak to that if he wanted to talk about Destiny again. <laughs> I don't know if he's over it or not. So, the other big thing is the character designer has worked on Blade Runner 2049 and the Fantastic Beaks films. So, he's got, like, a lot of pedigree, and he's never worked... I believe this is his first video game he's worked on. Now, a little bit of the story. You start the game as a prisoner in a setting similar to, like, a Roman gladiator. You're put into the battle pits, and you have to fight for your freedom. You are a sentinel, someone with powers that could end up being godlike. Early in the game, you're forced into these events, but as you grow in power, you're able to get involved on your own behalf on the story. You're no longer forced because now you're powerful. So this will also feature time-limited seasonal events, uh, challenges, you know, different eventual challenges throughout the season because it's a live service game made by Square Enix. There'll be competitions. Who can climb the tower fastest? There's also a battle pass in um, microtransactions. But... It looks really fucking cool. I really like the style of this one a lot. It did seem like it, you're not going to be forced into like the games we were just talking about into that co-op mode. Like you could do this on your own like God's Fall was and still have a good fun time with it. So this is definitely something I want to check out. I know this is going to hurt me because I believe they have not commented on crossplay yet. But since it's only Sony and PC, I'm losing some friends. Yeah. But it looks pretty fucking cool and... Near Automata kicked fucking ass and had some very smooth-ass gameplay. I, I think it had one of the best fighting systems I've played in a game. It just all flowed well together. They had a bunch of different weapon types. And if you're telling me those guys are making a game, I'm going to play it. Yeah, I don't really know anything about this. I mean, your excitement for this kind of got me excited. I don't know. I probably won't even play it, but I'm kind of like, up yeah, for let's the beta. go. Sign up for the beta with me. <laughs> let's do it. Beta bros. But no, it, it, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And I, I will be telling everyone about this game for the next <laughs> to-be-announced period of time. <laughs> uh, Mike, you got anything for this one? Not really, no. Um, it's, it's something that was completely off my radar, which I think Ian has hit a few times this evening. <laughs> which, yeah, th th I feel like that's expected. Um, but, you know, it's again, if there's an open, free beta... You know, I, maybe I'll look it up and give it a shot. There you go. You might have had some some beta bros. Beta bros! There's a lot of betas out there coming up. A lot, lot. Of um, <laughs> yeah, there are. 
Uh, Mike, last game. What do you got? All right. Well, I'll just keep on pitching this downhill. Yes. Um, <laughs> I hope no one brings it up. <laughs> so, the the last game I'm going to talk about uh, this evening is Mario Party Superstars. Um, I'm a big fan of the Mario Party games. I don't. I haven't gotten to play them as much recently because honestly, the new one, is, like the latest one, it was not that great. It was okay. Um, but Mario Party Superstars is taking some of the best stuff from the older games and updating all of it. Um, so there's going to be lots of new mini games, lots of old favorite mini games, a lot of favorite boards from the Nintendo 64 era being brought forward. Um, you're going to have online play, which they only just recently put into... The new Mario Party, Super Mario Party, whatever it's called. Like, the current Mario Party for Switch. Um, just recently uh, got that added uh, within the last month or two. Um, like over a year after the game came out, and they never said until they released it that they were adding it. It was weird. Yeah. People were like, wait, what? You doing this now? Yeah, like, it, it's a long time since that game came out, and... Or had an update, because it didn't get updates. <laughs> like, yeah, it would have been nice to have had some updates and new maps and stuff for that one. I'm hoping up, they yeah. do that with this, because they can just update old maps. Or, like, this could have been DLC for the current one. It should be. That I mean, that, that was going to be my only real gripe with this. It's a full $60 game. Um, But it's actually bigger than the current one that was a $60 game. But it's almost all, like, remade stuff, because the right. five maps, but all from the first Mario Party, and most of the minigames, I believe, are from the first three Mario Parties. Right. And yeah. there is new minigames as well, they said. Mm -hmm. There's going to be some completely new ones, um, but it's all updated. And, I mean, Mario Party back then was a lot more fun than it is now. Yeah, I mean, like, they, they, the older maps made it a lot more fun, and I think they're, they've are they been kind of running out of ideas, almost, is what is yeah kind of slowed down the Mario Party maps. And just having it updated and online play and stuff like it, it should be really fun. Um, I think the peak of the series was 2 and 3. I probably played the most of, like, 4 and 5 on GameCube because uh, we had it in college. And oh, yeah, that'll... Trust me, I fuck... It, it became a point where it Burial was really Party. just me and this... <laughs> Me and this one other guy competing to win, and ever the other two players were there to fill out the roster. Well, isn't it always <laughs> that way? Yeah, because it, it's Mario Party, and it fucking sucks, but it's awesome. Well, I mean, like, Mario Party, like, I, I want to say it's like, you, you can call it, like, crack hands. The, the, the person mm -hmm. who can tap that fucking A button the fastest usually wins a lot of the minigames, because they base so many of the minigames based on those fast taps. Mm -hmm. And if you know that rhythm to hit it, and, like, if you can be the fastest person tapping the button, you're probably going to win a lot of the mini games. So it does end up being the people that are able to do that sometimes. Um, but one thing, that's one thing I think they actually did better in the newest one, is that there's a lot more ability to just jack other people's stars. Mm -hmm. So just winning the mini games isn't quite enough. Um... So like it's it's something I'm looking forward to because I, I I genuinely enjoy just sitting down and playing Mario Party and it gives that option to be like oh hey friends you guys have Switch why don't we just hop in and play some Mario Party for the hell of it 
Um, no, because it gives you both the couch co-op and the online, which is very, very nice. Yes. So, like, Amy and I can sit down and play with, say, you two were sitting on Brian's mm-hmm. couch. We could play with you guys online and have two players in two different places and be able to play four players. That, to me, is an awesome addition. Um, because I think currently it's it, it doesn't do that. The, like, Super Mario Party, the current one. Yeah, I believe you all have to have your own Switch for that one. Yes. And uh, that kind of sucks. <laughs> um, because, yeah. like, one of the things people want to do if your couch go up and you want to play on the big screen. You want to just pop it up and play on, you know, the TV as opposed to playing on the handheld. So, it, it's uh, nice that they're going to get that done. Um, Yeah, so just all around, I think it's going to be a ton of fun. Uh, to hop into some of the older Mario Party stuff again and give it a facelift. Uh, I think the price point's a little bit high, but other than that, I'm 100% behind it. Unfortunately, Nintendo game prices don't seem to ever go down. Uh-huh. Uh, so, this is one where you're, if you want it in on it, you're just going to have to fucking buy it, unfortunately. I feel like they drop, they just drop either a while later or just a little bit. Like, you're not going to get, it's it's very rare for them to go like half off. Yeah. Like it, like you have to look for the GameStop deals, not the deals from Nintendo. Yeah, you got to look for GameStop, like that, the Best like, Buy. Yeah, like trade in two and you get an extra forty dollars towards Nintendo games or something. Buy two get one free stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's the only way to really get a deal with the first party Nintendo games. Yeah, it could, like you you might see them like drop to ten dollars off, where instead of sixty yeah. they're fifty, and that's a big deal. Yeah, and that's about all you'll see. Like I, I like I, when I was just like looking up notes on this earlier, it was like, even though they just announced a whole new Mario Party coming, the Super Mario Party was still forty five dollars, and it's like, wow, <laughs> like holy crap! But yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm interested in this, but I don't know if I I probably won't get it day one. I will probably end up waiting for this to get it. I I will be the one holding out for that sale to try to grab it probably. Yeah, like I said, with Nintendo, it's you're not going to get much off, but you can, you know, like if you find that buy two get one kind of thing, you can scoop yeah. up a few that you've been looking forward to. Yeah, this Mario Golf and Tony Hawk. Okay. <laughs> First, you got to get the Switch, Ian. Oh, and I'm borrowing games from my friend that owns the Switch. <laughs> I have a lot to play already. There you go. Uh yeah, anything else for this one? Not really. I I I one thing I want to say is that it's been so long since I've played the original Mario Party, but seeing Peach, Peach's birthday cake in like technically HD graphics was really cool and yeah. really <laughs> warmed up my cold icy heart. <laughs> and, and that's kind of what I mean. It's going to be nostalgia, but it's this this stuff is from long enough ago that it's still going to work on that nostalgia button really well, and it's worth updating. Fair. Um, All right, I guess we'll go to my last one, which, you know, now we're at the point where as much as I want to talk about, like, 12 minutes again or contraband interests me because I didn't know what the fuck that was going to be, but it sounded cool, I will take the Halo bullet and talk about Halo. Um, Halo is coming out. 
hopefully this holiday. <laughs> they still didn't give us a release date, so we have no idea. Um, it's not. It is meant to hit Game Pass, just like everything else that has been teased. Uh, the big thing that surprised me is that multiplayer will be free. Uh, whether you have Game Pass or not, it is free for everybody. The campaign, you still have to buy. I don't know. They didn't really release a price point for the campaign portion of it, so I don't know if that's still going to be a 60 or $70 game. But anyone that's playing Halo probably is... Well, I guess it's different now because it's free, so you don't actually need gold to play it. Yeah. Let's say basically anyone that has gold is Game Pass. Yeah, mo- more than likely anybody that's into Halo has Game Pass, so you get the campaign section for free anyway as part of Game Pass. So I don't actually know how many people are actually going to pay for just the campaign. I'd be interested to see the, what kind of those numbers are. I but, can see that being more of a PC thing just because I think there's a less of an adoption on the PC uh, side. Maybe, yeah. Um, So they... they had the trailer during the showcase. Uh, they had uh, some other details that came out a couple of days later. So I watched one of the streams that was multiplayer based. Um, a couple of details that stuck out to me. They are obviously pushing armor customization, which they've done the last couple of Halo games. I think they're real big into the Master Chief collection with that right now. That you, they have all these seasons, the seasonal armor pieces, and you can unlock them and season passes and all that stuff that are typical for multiplayer games now. So they're bringing that over. Um, Part of the customizable stuff that they are doing is, and I think it's in the trailer if you listen for it, there are different uh, voiceovers that happen. And at first I thought that was an announcer voice, but what it is, is I guess, like Cortana, you can pick a customizable AI voice for your character. So it's specific to you. When you are playing, they are giving you the like AI information um, that either fits your personality or, you know, however, when you customize it. So I'm, I'm very interested to see what kind of different voices they have. Um, if they get any type of like high profile voice actors to just voice a silly AI for some stupid I, reason, I, I think that'd be kind of cool. I was going to say like Jeff Ramsey and Gus Sarola or Bernie, get, get, get them in yeah. from red versus blue. Yeah. Like that'd be cool. That would be a, I'd, you for know, Sarge to be voicing my character. Like, <laughs> I, I, yeah, just like you can get people that, like, your G, you know, they have SpongeBob on somebody's GPS or some shit. Like, you could do that kind of stuff for an AI voice for your Spartan. That would be cool. That would be fun. I would pay money depending on who does the voices for that kind of stuff. That I That's something I would pay for. See, what I want, I want the Quake 3 announcer. <laughs> Maybe that's a thing. I don't know. Like, it's possibilities are endless for me for this. Like, I don't know what they'll do. Um, The other thing that I thought was interesting that is beneficial to me as being the person that has all these fucking season passes and like am grinding to get all these done before the season expires. Uh, they had said that they will have a season pass for the game. Uh, if you do not finish that season pass, it does not go away. It stays there until you complete it. So when the next season starts, you can get that pass also and have two of them like in the queue. You can only make progress on one at a time but they don't expire. So you don't have a limited three-month time period to get through a season pass. It is there for you when you want to play it. Okay. Which I think is very beneficial for just time to play. So it, it works more for, you know, I guess like my play schedule. If I'm not playing it every day, I don't feel like I'm missing out on something. So I thought that was kind of cool. Um, other than that, I mean, it looks like Halo. Like, the you know, if you've played Halo multiplayer, it looks the same. Uh, it's been... A, probably a couple years now since I've played a Halo multiplayer, so it will probably take a little bit for me to get used to. Um, but Halo multiplayer is, you know, the bread and butter of first-person shooters for me. Like, growing up with Xbox and Halo, Halo 2, 
land parties with that stuff. That's that is this pure nostalgia for me. You don't get that type of feeling really anymore because we don't really do land parties anymore. It's it's gone onto the online space for that kind of stuff. Um, and I don't know if I could get you know all the people that used to play that back in the day to play that again currently. Um, but still, some of some of my best multiplayer sh- first person shooter memories are with Halo. Halo has a special place in my heart. I will be playing the campaign. I don't remember what the hell happened in the last two games, but I remember wanting to know what go- comes next. So I will probably be diving into that as well. Um, yeah, I don't know, without really playing the multiplayer, like, I know they're changing some stuff up, I don't know how it's gonna feel compared to others, um, like, if you go back and play Master Chief Collection and some of the old Halos, they feel weird compared to modern-day first-person shooters. Halo 5 found a nice sweet spot, I felt like, like, there was a sprint that you could do, they might have did that in Halo 4, but, like, Halo 5, I remember being able to sprint in multiplayer, which is completely different from old Halos, there's no sprint, which feels fucking weird now. Um, and yeah, so just the, you know, modernizing the controls and that kind of stuff feels good now. So if they bring that into modern Halo and keep that going, I think that'd be really good. I think I'd get into that. I mean, I recently replayed the first three on like the Master Chief Collection and honestly, it still felt good though. Yeah, there's nothing wrong. It's just the the speed aspect of it. Like it feels slow compared to other shooters right now. Yeah, but in, I don't know, to me in a good way. Um, it still feels good. Like, and the the weird thing for me, at least in Halo 1, and also 2, I think in, by the time 3 came around, I, I feel like you could aim down sights on a few guns. But, like, yeah. other than a heavy scope on, like, the Magnum and the sniper rifle, y- you didn't ADS in those games. You just, everything was right. a hip fire. Yeah. Um... And that felt weird. The movement didn't feel terribly weird for me. Okay. It, it was the not like the amount of times that I'm trying to ADS when I'm playing those games is just keep chucking grenades everywhere. Yeah, it's just like damn it because left triggers your grenade button, right? Yeah, I, I I think I swapped those because on like on the PC version you can like fully uh no map everything. Yeah, like you can map everything. I just mapped it to destiny buttons. Gotcha. So it was bumpers for like yeah. grenade and melee and stuff. But um, four, I played five. I have not yet actually played the campaign. I played a bit of multiplayer in five, but I never touched the campaign, and I need to. Uh, I guess before I play this, that's something I should do. Yeah. Um, I I like the campaigns. The campaigns are good. I oh, just think four and five fantastic. story. It's been a while since I played them. That they kind of just blend together for me. I, like I remember bits and pieces, but. They're not fresh in my mind. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I still, I mean, like, the the first Halo, I still think, has one of the best campaigns ever. And Halo 2. Halo 2 is really awesome, too. Yeah. Yeah, the first two of them are, in Reach, honestly, was a great campaign. Oh, yeah, too. yeah. Reach is good, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and for anyone that hasn't played ODST, if you are a fan of Firefly, I think you owe it to yourself to play ODST, because three of the, like, main cast members of Firefly voice over those characters... In ODST, which is just fucking great. Yeah, in you know, in this case for Infinite, I mean, I'll definitely play the story, and multiplayer will be there. Um, I guess it'll depend on when it releases, because I feel like if this comes out alongside Battlefield, I don't know what's gonna win out most of my time. Like, 
it, it might end up kind of a split. free one. What? If I said the free one, yeah. <laughs> if I was guessing, I'd I'd ballpark November. I don't know if they'd push it all the way to December. October seems too early. November, I think, is the sweet holiday spot. Well, we didn't bring it up, but I, I believe why it's like this is I don't believe Halo campaign will be ready this calendar year. I don't think it's coming out this calendar year, so that's uh, okay. why they're splitting so they release... it up and making the they're going to release the multiplayer only this holiday season to get you ready because I don't think this campaign's done. I don't think it's that, ready. That would make sense. I'd, I'd be actually that. perfectly fine with that too. Yeah, I think a lot of people would be because I think if you look at the rates, like less than thirty percent of your players ever finish the story. In most yeah. games, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's like a lot of games. Like there's some obviously like a fully single player only game that's probably a little higher. But even those people just stop playing them after five hours, three hours sometimes. You know, never go back. Not because they didn't like it. Just shit happens. Life happens. Well, I mean, so I, I, I that, that, that's your general gaming populace is more casual players spend most of the mm-hmm. money on games that don't put in the time to finish games because they don't have the time to put in that time. But they still like so I, to play games occasionally. I do think so. I, I I'm excited for this. I I cut my teeth on Halo Two. They played that might be my most played game ever, possibly, probably not because Skyrim mods. <laughs> but that was mostly, hey, is this game crashing yet? Let's put more mods in. <laughs> but um, so it's I I played. This is probably is easily my most played game on the Xbox. I I needed. To, I need. I don't remember when we got um broadband internet. That's a fucking word. I haven't said in a long time. <laughs> We got DSL, but like I needed it for Halo 2. I was so hyped for Halo 2. I didn't even own an Xbox when it came out, but I thought about going out and buying a copy of it just to have it. I had land parties with this game. This was one of like this, this is probably what solidified me is like playing shooter games. Like it's very uh, important franchise to me, I guess. I, I didn't play five because I was off the Xbox train by then. And I just haven't gotten the Master Chief collection to go back and do all of that i might do that at some point i think i got a lot of time like i said i don't think this campaign comes out this year so i think i got time <laughs> to go and do that but I'm, I'm very excited for this game i'm excited to see what they do they didn't give us a ton of things i'm really feel like with this multiplayer they should do some weird shit they haven't done before not make it just halo because if you want to play classic halo they have a master chief collection yeah go play that so I really would like to see them take some real risk with this multiplayer and try and create like that what Halo 1 and 2 did which was change the shooter genre and that's what I would like them to attempt to do. I don't know if anything we've seen says hey we're we're even trying. I don't even know if they're trying. I want them to and I hope I hope they do. I think that was the complaint I feel like after they debuted Halo gameplay last year was that hey this doesn't if you're going for the nostalgia this doesn't feel like classic Halo to me. So they like were like delayed it and they pushed it back and they went to work on it again. So I think they're leaning into the nostalgic Master Chief Collection style of multiplayer, which I don't know, you know, good or bad, who knows? But I think they're they're really trying to lean into the the uh, hardcore, I guess, gamers for the, the Halo franchise. But that's that's I guess my thing. If I they, you got that, you got five of them. Pick one, right? Like, and I get that. Yeah, I'm. Do you, did they ever make a mention of uh, a battle royale? Did they talk about a battle royale for Halo? Are they gonna do that? They denied that they are currently working on one. Okay, yeah. I couldn't remember if that was something that came but up or not. They did not say it would never happen. Yeah, that's kind of the PR push for everybody. Because hey, never. you know, like it's already free. 
Yeah, so maybe the Battle Royale doesn't have as much of a marketing, like a, a sell selling point than mm -hmm. if not if you're putting the whole multiplayer aspect for free. I mean, I, I I could see it. I'm sure someone's thinking about it. It might not be 343. I'm sure someone at Microsoft is like, could we get someone else maybe to do it? If the, That's the other thing. This, this game's nowhere close to done. Like, maybe the multiplayer doesn't come out this year. I wouldn't be stunned. <laughs> like, I, I mean, think it almost, they almost have to because... What the f there's not a shit ton of games on the Xbox still, the Series X. Like yeah. we saw some stuff like coming out this year, but like they don't have that killer app still. I, I feel like a battle royale on a Halo, like actually on the Halo itself, where like the zone it starts at a random point and just fills the circle in the whole way around, as opposed to what we get for zones now. I think would be really cool. I think it's a cool idea, but I I don't know that I want a Halo Battle Royale. I you know what I mean? It's well, like Ian said, I think that's that would be what would change multiplayer for me. I think you'd have to do something different for Halo multiplayer if it's Battle Royale. I don't think the the gameplay and the way multiplayer works for Halo translates well for Battle Royale. Mm -hmm. I agree. I think you would they would have to be making a different game than the first five just gameplay entire gameplay feel yeah for it to really work yeah and that's maybe why they'll never do it because they don't want to venture that far out from what they feel like works but they also made odst so yeah true yeah and they, they make Halo gears Wars. tactics out of i mean what about the funko gears game wait there's a oh, funko <laughs> gears game yeah, there's a funko pop gears game on mobile they did that last year, uh, I think, mobile. didn't they? I pay no attention yeah, so. to mobile games. I'm sorry. I'd... But, okay. I didn't play it, but I know it exists. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, anything else for Halo? I I hope they don't just make a Halo S Halo. I hope they sure. go plus ultra. <laughs> um, all right, Ian. Send okay. us off. What do you got? This was tough. So my last game was actually talked about tonight already. This is... A shocker for me. Not that big of a shock, because I did tell Brian out of all the games, this was the one Metroid I thought someone might take. So now it's come down to, do I talk about this game or this game? I have two. So I'm going to start game. off by saying, I will not be talking tonight about WarioWare, one of my favorite <sighs> game series, and I'm so very excited it's coming back. Instead, we'll be diving back into the Steam next event, this is a game coming out in early access on August 5th. There's a demo currently playable until, I believe, June 22nd. It's called Death Trash. Death Trash is a world of cosmic horrors where humanity... <clears throat> cosmic horrors for humanity, but there's also punks and shotguns. It's a post-apocalyptic horror cyberpunk pixel art game where there's melee combat, you shoot guns in directions... And there's a bunch of enemies, and it's really fucking hard. You build your character and shit. It's like it's it's kind of hard to explain because if you don't know like what a, like I I can enter the gungeon, not like it's not a bullet hell game like Enter the Gungeon or something, but it's got like that pixel arty feel. You're moving around, kind of like maybe a little similar to early Fallout games. It's that isometric point of view, and you literally one of the first characters you meet is the Guardian. Guess what he's guarding? The flesh kraken. <laughs> there's just a kraken that's just flesh there's no skin it's just flesh kraken and you know what your character says when you go to interact with the flesh kraken fuck 
because that's the only <laughs> response to seeing a goddamn flesh kraken. Most of the items I picked up in the demo were trash. It was just called trash. <laughs> organs and meat. You use the meat and organs to heal. You eat them. You heal up. There's also a dedicated puke button. You can then pick up the puke to use, but you can't use, you can't constantly puke. There's a timer. What the But I got to use my puke to lubricate a machine to open a door. That was real special to me. (laughs) So there's a lot of different builds. Like they have, you know, melee, blunt melee, sharp melee, rifles, advanced rifles, animalism. The higher animalism score, the more you can interact with animals. So it's a very old schooly type of like like computer RPG, but with an action combat focus reminiscent of maybe not Metroidvania, but it's just it's a very more active flowing movement based game. And I think it's really cool. And I hope people check it out. Like I said, it comes out on early access August 5th. And then they said they're planning on about a year of early access and it's made by one guy. Hmm. One dude. Yeah, one guy. He's been working on it for five years. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. If he gets enough money, he might hire more people. <laughs> <laughs> he um did I did see a post in the in the forums where he someone, you know, mentioned the demo. Like that's how they heard about it. He's like, it's really cool that a lot of people are hearing about this because the demo, but it fucking sucks because I can't work on the game because I gotta respond <laughs> to issues with the demo. <laughs> but yeah, I, I hope people check it out. I don't know how much it'll cost. He didn't give it, but it's probably going to be like a $20, $25 game when it comes out. I don't know if I'll buy it real quick because I'm... Early access games are weird for me. I really only get them if it's a genre. There's not a lot of games up. Def Trash is a genre. I think there's a lot of different types of things like this. So I stick to very niche ones where like League of Maidens. I need, they need to finish League of Maidens. <laughs> so, I, you know, I, it's also why I didn't get um, Baldur's Gate 3. I'm like, yeah, they're going to make it. They don't need me. This guy might need me. So this one I might pick up in early access. But not play to launch. I know some people did that with like Hades. Like they're like, okay, I think this is a really cool concept and stuff, but um, I gotta wait. I want to experience yeah. that when it's done. So I, I think it's cool. There's gonna be crafting system. There's worms you can pick up. There's stealth and there's dialogue. What more could you ask for? They got puking. Yeah, that sounds like it's right up your alley. Yeah. Did you did you did you have this on your list, Brian? No, no. <laughs> Had no idea this existed. Oh, no idea there was a dedicated puke button. And there's local co-op. Oh, see, you just sold me there. Yeah. There's no online co-op. I'm but out, he, I'm he back might out again. He might he might do it, but Steam Remote Play might be possible. <laughs> so I think it's really fun. I hope people check it out. Um, there's a group on Twitch called Nextlander. They played this for like a half hour. If you just want to see someone play it. You could probably find other people that have played it on Twitch or YouTube, too, because they're okay with you streaming it. Uh, Mike, was this on your radar, too? Totally. <laughs> this was, this was no, one, I, I, one A. I haven't, I haven't heard one A was Elden Ring. This, this was now. one B. <laughs> Def Trash. That's such a cool ass name. But I'm, I'm glad I talked about Metroid so that we could get to this. <laughs> <laughs> I... The one thing I promised Brian when I said, okay, can I talk about games that weren't it like the big stuff? And he's like, sure. Because I promised no 18 plus anime games. And I fulfilled okay. that promise. Yep. Good well done. Death trash. You know what? I'm glad you did Proud that. I didn't you. want to hear about the 18 plus anime <laughs> games because I, I have accidentally had my adult content filter off on Steam once and I regretted it. 
You got to see League of Mains, though, so. <laughs> it was, it, yeah, that was tame oh, yeah, compared was. to a lot of the crap that's out there on Steam with the adult content filter <laughs> off. If you, have, if you have any questions, hit me up on Twitter. I'll send you some links. Yeah, Ian knows <laughs> all the down and dirty stuff on Steam. Um, all right, anything else to cap off? I think that's it. I was surprised how much stuff's coming out this year. I thought with the pandemic, nothing was coming out this year. Yeah, hats off to the devs for yeah. working through all this shit and being able to give us more stuff this year. Hopefully there's not too bad of a crunch for everyone. Yeah, seriously. I feel like a lot of stuff didn't come out last year, and it took longer to produce, and so we're getting a little bit of a plethora this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. With everything. I mean, you know, video games, movies, TV shows. It, it, it feels very inundated I know. right now where there's it's almost too much to take yeah, in. Yeah. I do know some of the worry, too, is that, like, not next year even, but, like, after that we might have a mini drought because pre-production for stuff just wasn't able to happen with remote work. So oh, that's yeah. going to be yeah. interesting to see if maybe we just find more indie gems like Def Trash. I mean, Ian will be the one championing, championing, championing them for us, for sure. You'll be able to hear it from him. Follow him on Twitter. I'm sure I'll be tweeting about him all over the place. At Mr. No Sleepy. <laughs> I think. I don't know my ad is anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Changing it too much. <laughs> I think I think that's right currently. We'll see it might not be right week. when this drops, though. We'll find out. Yeah, we'll find out. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, I guess that's where we'll end this one. Now that we've talked for probably a good two and a half hours, which you know seems on par, I think, for E three ish type of stuff. Even giving five a piece, we still end up going two hours, two over two hours. I mean, it it a lot happens. Yeah, yeah. We're still trying to play catch up. I feel like from all the stuff that came out, and there's going to be more. Like Summer Game Fest is still going on. Uh, EA Play is in July. I know there's other smaller events coming up in between there and stuff like that. So. Yeah, we'll see if we reconvene for Gamescom or something, if anything big happens at Gamescom. But Keely did say there's going to be several new games announced at Gamescom, so. Yeah, yeah. so we got a couple of months to go for that. See what happens. See if any are good. Death Trash 2. Or big. <laughs> um, all right, well, that's it for us. Uh, if you've enjoyed the show, please support us. Leave a five-star rating and review. Be sure to give us a share on social media. You can follow or subscribe to the show to keep up with us. We're on Spotify, iTunes, Google anchor stitcher hopefully anywhere you find a podcast you can find us uh as always you can find us on facebook search bright guy into super friends or go to facebook.com slash bright super friends you can leave us questions comments topics suggestions any of that stuff there uh try to email us bright super friends at gmail.com uh it's been a couple months since i checked it but there's probably nothing there uh hit us up on twitter at bg super friends uh feel free to give me the follow on twitch at jedi bride guy that's jedi with an i bride with a y uh if we did go live for a podcast we'll do it there if you want to catch me streaming some stuff i'll do it there um and that's it for us on behalf of ian mike and myself thank you for listening and we will talk to you next time bye-bye death stranding director scott